Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome everybody to The Outside Blitz, I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with uh, the very tenacious Tyler Dean, Tyler... Well, it's episode 20, man. Yes, it is. We made it. 20 long episodes. We made it. Uh, episode 20. Um, we we skipped a week here. We we took a breather. We we needed one. Um, but it, it kind of turned out to, to work out well because we were in week, basically episode 20 here. Weeks 10 and 11 we're going to cover today. Um, and uh, we get our, our 20th episode extravaganza. Is it really an extravaganza or just a celebration? I mean, we can celebrate if you want. I mean, that's up to you. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to call it an extravaganza celebration, whatever. It's going to be something, something hoo-ha-ish, you know. I mean, put lipstick on a pig and it's still just a show. Yeah, well, you know. But uh, high-scoring two weeks in the NFL, that's uh, for sure. absolutely. Um, Insane offensive output that I don't think I've seen in, I mean, decades. Well, I mean, you, you, we've talked about this over the years. Everyone knows it, and the, the rules keep changing. And, and if you were to grab average scores uh, per game and look at the trend over the years, I mean, you're going to see it going up. It's, it's been going up. And uh, just the, the new rules that keep adding just keep adding to that, especially with the uh, uh, hitting the quarterback rules. Yeah, it's, it, the, the game has become a lot less physically, uh, physically um uh, imposing on offenses these days, I think it's it's becoming a, a completely different animal. Um, <clears throat> but we got our uh, we got two weeks worth of scores to cover here, so uh, you know two for twenty here. Uh, we're going to be going into the the uh, week ten scores and the week eleven scores here. We're going to go through these things and uh, let's get um, down to business here. Uh, first and foremost. Steelers and Panthers. The Steelers blow out the Carolina Panthers, fifty-two to twenty-one. Um, just a, a blasting on Thursday night not football. Not the game I expected. No, not at all. Um, just a, a rough and tumble game. Um, the Washington Redskins blow out the Tampa Bay, or well, didn't really blow them out, but beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, holding them just three points, sixteen to three. Redskins just looked. Uh, the defense just looked brutal in this game, as is the norm. That's what we had come to expect from Washington. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs 26-14 over the Arizona Cardinals. Um, a lot more low scoring than uh, than we've seen out of the Kansas City Chiefs, I, I, especially against the Arizona Cardinals team that has struggled all year long. Um, Buffalo Bills blow out the New York Jets week 10 here, 41 to 10. Stung me. Yeah, well, and, and it's weird to see Matt Barkley coming out and putting going 15 for 25 for 232, two touchdowns. So, we're, we're just playing musical quarterbacks over here. Yeah. And yeah, and LaShawn McCoy also uh, kind of came alive a little bit there, 113 yards, two touchdowns. Jets just having a, a really on-again, off-again year. I, just a confusing one for me. Um Here's another big surprise. The Indianapolis Colts seem to come alive here. Uh, 29-26, they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. That doesn't surprise me, though. I mean, Jacksonville's been having a rough go at things, and uh, Luck's been having himself a good year despite where the record's currently at. Um, Luck's turning it on. It's it's starting to become a weird thing with Andrew Luck. He's he's coming alive here. Um, just a, a crazy, crazy time uh, in Indianapolis, and you can see what Andrew Luck can do with a little bit of protection. 
Um, the Chicago Bears went out there, dominate the Detroit Lions, 34 to 22. Um, Aren't the Bears playing the Lions this week? The Bears play the Lions this yeah, week what, for Thanksgiving. What a crazy thing in the NFL is like you get to play the same team twice in two weeks. Yeah, well, three it, weeks. It, sometimes it works. Well, from the time they played to the time they yeah, played oh, yeah, in two, two weeks. weeks yeah. But it's it's crazy. Um, it happens every once in a while, but it's just kind of crazy to see sometimes. Like, oh yeah, we just saw you. It is, and the Lions always seem to have that interdivisional matchup. The the one against the Bears is the most common. Last year they took on the Vikings, um, but uh, they they always have. It seems like every year they have a divisional matchup. Either it's the Packers, the Bears, and sometimes every now and then the Vikings. Um, the Saints blew out the Cincinnati Bengals 51 to 14. Sean Payton goes ahead and smashes a fire alarm in the process. Um, the Tennessee Titans 34 to 10 over the New England Patriots. Uh, just, I mean, that was a big surprise. Surprising game. Uh, nobody expected that one um, out of them. Uh, Falcons get beat by the Browns 28-16. Uh, just. That was an interesting one. I didn't see that one coming either. Falcons get held down by that that Browns defense. It's like, but it's like what you said though. The Browns are not a bad football team. They've been, they've had some bad luck this year, but they're, they're competing in games. Yeah, and it was it. The, not only was it, it competitive, but the Browns actually, with the new coordinator here, with the new, new head coach Greg Williams coming around, they're starting to look like a, a much better football team. Uh, the Chargers went out and, and beat on the Raiders some more, twenty to six. Um, everybody kind of expected that one. Hell of a game for Phillip Rivers there. The Rams, 36-31 over the Seattle Seahawks. Another nail-biter there. Um, the second time this season that the Seahawks have given the Rams one for their money. Yeah, and the Rams' defense is, is uh, I mean, over the last 10 games has, has looked like they're, they're a little um, porous will be the best word to use. Uh, the Packers go up on the Dolphins, 31-12. Packers uh, moved to 4-4-1 after week 10 there. Uh, Dolphins just looked lethargic. Brock Osweiler looked awful um, as the Packers went out and, and beat on them. Uh, the Cowboys beat the Eagles in a divisional matchup, 27-20, get themselves back in the division race here. And I, I know we're probably going to get to it. I haven't looked at your, uh, your summary of things to talk about, but uh, just when you think that division, you have an idea who's going to win it with, with the Redskins. Wham, bam, we have a quarterback problem in, in Washington. Very gruesome, we'll talk about it, but that division's up for grabs yep. yet again. And, and weirdly enough, there's a lot of weird cases where certain divisions are up for grabs that we never saw coming. Um, and another team to talk about in that division, New York Giants beat San Francisco 49ers 27-23 um, in week 10 there. So I'm, Eli Manning's starting to, to come alive. Um, this is typical Eli Manning coming alive late in the season, um, and, and it's weird that he's coming alive when it kind of doesn't matter. A lot of people have written him off, and they have to basically run the board to make the playoffs. So it's going to be a very, very interesting division over there in the NFC East. Now, moving into Week 11, Tyler, are you excited? Depends. All right, buddy. Well, you go for it. Oh, I'm starting it off. You can. Yeah, oh, right. I'm giving you the reins here. I get the left side. Yeah. Makes me special. Yeah. All right. Um, Thursday night football. Green Bay Packers, Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks top the Packers in a game that surprised me. Yep. Um, they go up 27-24. The Seahawks move to a surprising 5-5. Five and five. And the Packers drop to 4-5-1. Aaron Rodgers goes 21 for 30, 332 yards, two touchdowns. Aaron Jones lead, led the team in rushing 11 carries and 40 yards and a touchdown. Through the air, Devontae Adams had 10 receptions and 166 yards, so a big game there by Adams. And Aaron Jones also had 63 yards through, through the air and a touchdown. So two touchdowns there for the day for Aaron Jones. But also uh, Robert 
Tanyan Jr. had one reception, 54 yards in a touchdown. Big bomb there. On the Seahawks side, Russell Wilson goes 21 for 31, 225 yards, two touchdowns. Chris Carson in his return game, 17 carries, 83 yards, and a touchdown. Rashad Penny also had eight carries with 46 yards. Through the air, Tyler Lockett, five receptions, 71 yards. David Moore, four receptions, 57 yards. And Doug Baldwin, seven receptions, 52 yards, and a touchdown. Ed Dixon also had one catch to get in the end zone as well. What do you got? The Indianapolis Colts topped the Tennessee Titans 38-10. Blaine Gabbert, 11 for 16, 118 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Uh, Marcus Mariota, 10 for 13, 85 yards with a pick. Um, from the Colts side, Andrew Luck coming alive, 23 for 29, 297, three touchdowns on the year uh, on, the, on the game. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, one for two for negative two yards. Um, Marlon Mack got to see some field time, 16 carries for 61 yards and a touchdown. Jordan Wilkins had four for 30 and a touchdown. Uh, Receiving-wise, T.Y. Hilton led the team, nine receptions, 155 yards, two touchdowns. Big game for him. Jack Doyle had four for 43. And Dontrell Inman, four receptions for 34 yards and a touchdown as the Colts top the Tennessee Titans. Tyler, hit me. Got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New York Giants in a game that started off to be very one-sided. Um, but the Giants go up 38-35 as the Giants move up to 3-7. and seven. They're, start, they're making their rise back up. They got to run the table to make uh, it in. I did call it that they would start. To, I didn't say they were going to run the table. I said they were starting to win some games. Yep, they got to run the table, though. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, after starting off 2-0, dropped to 3-7. and seven. Yuck. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 13-21, 167 yards, zero touchdowns, three interceptions. Eventually got benched for James Winston, who had 12-16, 199 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. This quarterback carousel <laughs> shows me how little the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coaching staff knows about their football team and knows how to run their football team. After one bad game, Fitzpatrick gets pulled. They put Winston in, and they just keep going back and forth between the two. Someone's getting fired at the end of the year, mark my words. Change places. Oh, yeah. At, at the rushing attack, Peyton Barber, 18 carries, 106 yards, and a touchdown. Ryan Fitzpatrick did run the ball in to the end zone, though. He got a rushing touchdown. Mike Evans, six receptions, 120 yards, and a touchdown. O.J. Howard, five receptions, 78 yards. And Adam Humphreys, three receptions, 60 yards, and a touchdown. On the Giants' side, Eli Manning, 17 for 18. He only had one incompletion. Yeah, Eli had a, a very accurate game. You, you didn't have a huge yardage total, but very, very accurate and, and uh, really was putting it together. Good drive. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to have that one. Huh? 231 yards and two touchdowns. On the ground, Saquon Barkley, 27 carries, 142 yards and two touchdowns. He rode that, they, they rode that Saquon wave right into that end zone and right into that win. And not to mention, he did have two receptions, one of which did go in the end zone as well. Yeah. But Odell Beckham led the team in receiving four receptions, 74 yards and a touchdown. And Evan Ingram, two receptions, 66 yards. As the Giants beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Go for it. Oh, okay. Well, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 20-16. Um, ben Roethlisberger, 27-47, 314, two touchdowns, three picks. Uh, James Conner, just nine carries for 25 yards. Ben did have a, a carry one yard. for Well, he had two carries for one yard and a touchdown. Uh, Receiving-wise, Antonio Brown, five receptions for 117 and a touchdown. Juju Smith-Schuster, eight receptions for 104 yards. And Vance McDonald. Three receptions for 27 yards and a touchdown. 
Uh, he did make it in the end zone in that game. Over on the Jags side, Blake Bortles, 10 for 18, 104 yards. Just a miserable game for him. Leonard Fournette had 28 carries for 95 yards and a touchdown. Just no blocking up front for him. Carlos Hyde did see some field time. Eight carries for 44 yards, as did TJ Yeldon, five for 23. Uh, Leonard Fournette led the team in receiving two receptions for 46 yards. D.D. Westbrook and D.J. Clark both had two receptions. Westbrook had 19 yards. Uh, Chark had uh, 15. Just a, a, an abysmal day for the Jacksonville Jaguars offensively. Um, they just can't get anything moving there. Uh, Tyler, what you got? Carolina Panthers take on the Detroit Lions. The Lions go up 20-19 to in a very interesting finish to that game. Weird finish. <laughs> Weird finish, you know, I, I understand the kicker missed too, but, you know, at a certain point you just got to, you know, give them an opportunity. Play, teams play, play, playing for the playoffs don't do that type of move. Just, no. You, you play it safe and take it over time. Right. But uh, on the Panthers' side, Cam Newton has up a great game, 25-37, 357 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Um, on the rushing game, Christian McCaffrey, 13 carries, 53 yards. And through the air, DJ Moore kind of coming alive a bit. Seven receptions, 157 yards, and a touchdown. Oh, yeah. Christian McCaffrey had uh, six receptions and 57 yards. So good game there, McCaffrey. And uh, Curtis Samuel had five receptions, 55 yards, and a touchdown. Greg Olson had two receptions and got in the end zone as well. On the Lions side, Matt Stafford goes 23-37, 220 yards, and a touchdown. The rushing attack, carry on Johnson, 15 carries, 87 yards, and a touchdown. He did get hurt in that mm-hmm. game. He went down with that knee injury. Um, through the air, Kenny Galladay, eight receptions, 113 yards, and a touchdown. Bruce Ellington, six receptions, 52 yards. And Theo Riddick, five receptions, 30 yards. What do you got? The Dallas Cowboys top the Atlanta Falcons, 22-19. Dak Prescott, 22 for 32, 208. Um, Ezekiel Elliott had 23 carries for 122 yards and a touchdown. Dak Prescott did carry the ball four times for five yards and a touchdown in that game. Uh, Receiving-wise, Ezekiel Elliott led the team seven receptions, 79 yards. Just couldn't stop him on the day. Cole Beasley, five receptions for 51 yards. And Amari Cooper opening things up, three receptions for 36 yards. On the Falcons' side, Matt Ryan, 24 for 34, 291 and a touchdown and an interception. Uh, Tevin Coleman, 8 carries, 58 yards. Ito Smith had 6 carries for 10 yards. Uh, Julio Jones, 6 receptions for 118 yards and a touchdown. Mohamed Sanu, 4 for 56 yards. Calvin Ridley also had 3 for 32 um, as the Falcons fall to the Dallas Cowboys, 22-19. Go for it, Tyler. Cincinnati Bengals take on the Baltimore Ravens. And the Ravens go up 24-21, and both teams are now 5-5. Five five. The Ravens now sit at the 6th seed based on tiebreaker. Oh, boy. On the Bengals' side, Andy Dalton goes 19-36, 211 yards, two touchdowns. On the rushing attack, Andy Dalton ran the ball twice for 29 yards. Joe Nixon had a rough, rough day, 12 carries, 14 yards, where he did get in the end zone. And Giovanni Bernard ran the ball two times for five yards. Tyler Boyd served the role of... of A.J. Green in his injury had four receptions and 71 yards. C.J. Azuma had three receptions on 41 yards. Joe Mixon, three receptions, 38 yards. And John Ross, two receptions, 27 yards, and a touchdown. On the Ravens' side, Lamar Jackson saw his rookie debut, his first NFL game as a starter. There's your boy. 13 for 19, 150 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. So did not get the the job done in the air. And I, I did text Scott before the game started mm-hmm. saying, uh, mark my words, Lamar Jackson's going to have more rushing attempts 
than passing attempts. And that did happen. Lamar Jackson, 27 carries. Jesus. That's like a that's full-time running back status. He right might there. as well be at that point. But he did put up 117 yards. Um, franchise record for most rushing yards by a quarterback. It's like Tim Tebow. I know. I, I, I'm still not. Now, if I saw, like, um, maybe two touchdowns in the, in the passing game, maybe another 100 yards, I, 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 would, I would say, you know what, I was wrong. But to me, this shows exactly what I thought. We, we know Lamar Jackson is a, um, a talented athlete. He's an athlete, but he's but, not a quarterback. No, and this proves that. Um, he had a lot of inaccurate balls. He at one point threw the ball at someone's uh, at one of his linemen's head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I see his name over here, so I'm, gonna, I'm not going to jump too much into that. We'll get to that later. But um, the rushing attack did open up as the Ravens did have their first 100-yard rusher of the season with, at the running back position. Um, Gus Edwards, 17 carries, 115 yards, and he over doubled Alex Collins' workload. So maybe uh, Alex Collins started to see his way out. It's a possibility. And Alex Collins did have seven carries, 18 yards, and a touchdown. Through the air, which because uh, didn't go through the air very much, um, was pretty quiet. Willie Sneed led the team, five receptions, 51 yards. Nick Boyle, four receptions, 36 yards. Wow. As the Ravens fight, fighting their way to keep to stay alive with their backup quarterback, <laughs> they go up. What do you got? The uh, Houston Texans, after starting 0-3 on the season, advanced to 7-3 when they're seventh in a row. Um, they beat the Washington Redskins 23-21 after Alex Smith suffers a gruesome Joe, Joe Theismann-like injury. Um, Deshaun Watson, 16 for 24, 208, one touchdown, two picks. Uh, Lamar Miller, 20 carries for 86 yards. Alfred Blue also had eight carries for 46 yards. Receiving-wise, Kiki Cootie. Once again, we see Kiki Cootie showing up there. Five receptions, 77 yards. DeAndre Hopkins had five for 56 and a touchdown. And Jordan Akins, two receptions for 42 yards on the day for the uh, Texans. For the Redskins, Alex Smith went 12 for 27, 135, two picks on the day. Colt McCoy came trotting in as his backup, uh, 6 for 12, 54 yards. He did have a touchdown on the day. Uh, Adrian Peterson, 16 carries for 51 yards, two touchdowns for old man AP. Uh, Colt McCoy also carried the ball five times for 35 yards. Alex Smith also carried four times for 33 yards before his injury. Uh, Jordan Reed led the team in receiving seven receptions for 71 yards. He did have a touchdown on the day. Trey Quinn, four receptions for 49 yards, and Josh Doxson, three receptions for 32 yards uh, as the Redskins fall to the Houston Texans. Uh, Tyler, what you got? Oakland Raiders, Arizona Cardinals. The Raiders win 23-21. Both teams are now 2-8. and eight. Oh, jeez. Derek Carr, 19 for 31, 192 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Jalen Richard, 11 carries and 61 yards. Uh, Doug Martin, 10 carries and 52 yards. And DeAndre Washington, 12 carries and 39 yards. They do not know who their running back is with Lynn Chow. Not at all. Through the air, Marcel Aitman, four receptions, 50 yards. Seth Roberts, four receptions, 38 yards. Jalen Richard, three receptions, 32 yards. But it was Jared Cook who got the end zone. End zone, the end zone. There you go. Um, Jeez. Three receptions, 31 yards, and a touchdown. And Brandon LaFell also did as well. He had two receptions for 29 yards and a touchdown. You just reminded me of Jimmy from South Park. <laughs> in the end yeah, We got in the end <laughs> <laughs> On the Cardinals side, Josh Rosen goes 9 for 20. Ouch. 136 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Wow. David Johnson has himself a game, 25 carries at 137 yards. Chase Edmonds also had five carries on 17 yards. 
Christian Kirk. Three receptions, 77 yards, and a touchdown. Good day there by Christian Kirk. Larry Fitzgerald still showing his animal blood. Uh, two receptions, 23 yards, two touchdowns. And David Johnson had one reception through the air for 17 yards. As the Cardinals lose to the Raiders, and both teams are now 2-8. and eight. Yep. What do you got? Uh, the Denver Broncos top the L.A. Chargers. They upset them 23-22. Wow. Yeah, big surprise. Case Keenum, 19 for 32, 205 yards. Colby Wadman also had a pass, one, one completion for uh, 12 yards. Uh, Philip Lindsay, 11 carries, 79 yards, two touchdowns for him on the day. Royce Freeman also had seven carries for 23 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Cortland Sutton leads the team in receiving after the uh, Demarius Thomas trade. Three receptions, 78 yards. Emmanuel Sanders also had four for 56 yards. Uh, Philip Lindsay caught four passes out of the backfield for 27 yards. And Jeff Huerman had four for 20 as well. On the Chargers side, Phillip Rivers, 28 for 43, 401 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Uh, Melvin Gordon, 18 carries for 69 yards. Austin Eckler also had six carries for 29 yards. Uh, Receiving-wise, Keenan Allen, nine receptions for 89 yards and a touchdown. Melvin Gordon, six receptions for 87 yards. Uh, and, And old man Antonio Gates coming alive a little bit, five receptions, 80 yards and a touchdown. Mike Williams. Two receptions for 56 yards. Austin Eckler had two for 40 yards as well as Phillip Rivers spreads the ball out there. Um, but the ultimately, the L.A. Chargers fall to the Denver Broncos, and we'll be talking a little bit more about that game in a little bit here. Tyler, what you got, man? The Philadelphia Eagles kind of played the New Orleans Saints this week. Is that what we want to call it? <laughs> the Saints put a whomping 48-7, and they move up to 9-1 in the, in the Super Bowl champions. This is... The single worst beating it's a, a defending Super Bowl champion has taken in history. Oh, yeah. Uh, Carson Wentz, 19 for 33, 156 yards, and three interceptions. Ouch. I saw you added something to your little list. I might consider that one, too. Mm-hmm. Um, the rushing attack, Josh Adams, seven carries, 53 yards, and a touchdown. Corey Clement, two, reception, two carries, 11 yards. Through the air, Golden Tate, five receptions, 48 yards. Jordan Matthews, three receptions, 37 yards. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, four receptions, 33 yards, and Josh Adams, three receptions, 19 yards. On the Saints side, which is tons of celebrating to do, oh you my have Lord. <laughs> Drew Brees, 22 for 30, 363 yards, four touchdowns. Um, and the right, running attack, Mark Ingram, 16 carries, 103 yards, and two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara himself also had 13 carries and 71 yards. Through the, way, through the air, Traquan Smith, 10 receptions, 157 yards, and a touchdown. Michael Thomas, 4 receptions, 92 yards, and a touchdown. And Alvin Kamara also had a touchdown through the air, as did Austin Carr on one reception for 3 yards. In the big game there by the Saints as they demolish the Philadelphia Eagles. What do you got? Uh, I got the Minnesota Vikings uh, just played abysmal against the Chicago Bears as they fall to 5-4-1. and one. The Bears go to 7-3. Bears beat them 25-20. Uh, Kirk Cousins, 30 for 46, 262, two touchdowns, two picks. Um, Delvin Cook had nine carries for 12 yards. Latavius, four carries for five yards. Vikings playing from behind all game long. Uh, Stephon Diggs, 13 receptions for 126 and a touchdown. Adam Thielen, seven receptions for 66 yards. Eldrick Robinson, two receptions for 24 yards and a touchdown. Over on the Bears side, Mitchell Trubisky, 20 for 31. 165, a touchdown, two picks. Uh, Jordan Howard, 
18 carries for 63 yards. Mitch Trubisky carried 10 times for 43, and Tariq Cohen had 7 for 27. Receiving-wise, Taylor Gabriel led the Bears, 7 receptions for 52 yards. Allen Robinson had 3 for 39, and Anthony Miller had 2 for 25 and a touchdown as the Bears top the Vikings and maintain first place in the NFC North. And Tyler, you get the fun one. <laughs> yeah, the uh, on Monday Night Football last night, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs take on the Los Angeles Rams as the Rams win 54 to 51. Just dominated. Two, both teams put up north of 50 points. Dominated those defenses. Jeez. Insane. The Rams are now 10 and 1. The Chiefs are now 9 and 2. Patrick Mahomes has himself a game 33 46, 478 yards, Yowza. six touchdowns, but he did throw three interceptions. Lots of passing in that game. On the, on, on the uh, running attack, Kareem Hunt led the team 14 carries, 70 yards, and Patrick Mahomes did also run the ball six times for 28 yards. Through the air, Tyreek Hill, 10 receptions. 215 yards, two touchdowns. What a game for Tyreek Hill. Big, big game. My lord. Travis Kelsey, 10 receptions, 127 yards, and a touchdown. And that, that's only 20 receptions right there, but not, that's but, but don't, don't forget, let's not forget. Chris Conley, seven receptions, 74 yards, two touchdowns. Oh, but don't worry, we're not done. Kareem Hunt, three receptions, 41 yards, and another touchdown. It takes, it's a mouthful of yeah. all his touchdowns there. Tons of touchdowns, tons of passing yards, tons of receptions. I mean, these guys, it was a, it, this was like the definition of a true shootout. But that was only half the game. Believe it or not, yeah. the stats just said that team lost. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the insane part. On the Rams side, Jared Goff um, protects the ball a lot better. Goes 31 for 49, 413 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Todd Gurley was quiet. This is almost. Remember back in the preseason when they didn't play any of the starters? Yeah. That's it's almost like they're was. kind of prepping. Yeah. It's almost like they don't care if they have the one or two seed. They know they're going to get that, so they're starting to. Yeah, they've, they've clinched a playoff below. spot. They've clinched a playoff spot at this point. And I can't see the Bears or Americans out of the East topping them for the two seed, so no. I don't think they care if they get one or two. I don't think they do either. Um, but Todd Gurley has 12 carries and 55 yards. He still has a 4.6 average. They just did, he just didn't get the. the uh, the, the bulk of the workload. Right. I mean, they really didn't run the ball that much either because it was just a shootout. Yeah. Because Malcolm Brown had four, four carries and 15 yards. Mm. But Jared Goff did also run in the touchdown. But, I mean, he was just having himself a blast. And on the receiving attack, Brandon Cooks, eight receptions, 107 yards. Um, Josh Reynolds, the replacement for, yeah. for Cup, comes in six receptions, 80 yards, and a touchdown. Robert Woods, four receptions, 72 yards, and a touchdown. Tyler Higby, six receptions, 63 yards. And Gerald Everett, three receptions, 49 yards, and two touchdowns. But Tiger did have three receptions, 39 yards through the air. Just a big game by just everybody, really. 54 to 51 Rams. I mean, Jeez. Jesus. Here's, so I want to talk a little bit about this game because um, we. So I want to talk a little bit about the Rams. I want to talk a little bit about, about the uh, Chiefs at this point. Um, so we got we to gotta talk, first of all, question number one uh, that has to be on everybody's mind at this point, was this a preview of the Super Bowl? Do you think it could have been? Or, I mean, I, I think it could very well be. I think that the Chiefs are, are probably almost a shoe-in for the Super Bowl at this point. Do you see Chiefs-Rams in the Super Bowl? I, I think I do right now. The only, only other 
team on the NFC I think could do it right now would be the Saints. Right. Um, which is still very well possible. But you you definitely could have just seen the uh, Super Bowl uh, match right there. Yeah. Um, I don't think Steelers or New England are competing quite on the Chiefs level right now, despite the Chiefs losing to New England. Right. Um, I think Chiefs are playing way more consistent football. They're not um, accidentally dropping games. It seems they shouldn't like the Patriots just did to the Titans. Yes. Um, Rams. Now, we do have to remember that the Chiefs did lose to the Patriots earlier this year. Yes. Yeah, 45-42, another tight one. Um, Tom Brady being Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> That's but it. Chiefs are playing more consistent. Yes, I agree with and you. And on the Rams side, their only losses. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to fault Chiefs for any of their two losses. That's the Chief, They lost to the Patriots and the Rams. Mm-hmm. And the Rams only losses to the Saints. Right. So, I mean, you got... Uh, uh, I, I think everybody knows that that there's um, uh, there, there's three teams basically right now that I think every, are on everybody's radar for the Super Bowl. You're talking Chiefs, you're talking Rams, you're talking Saints, and I think that you know I don't think there's many other teams that are in the discussion right now. Now I like to think that the Chargers are going to go somewhere. No, I, I do too. I think the Chargers are still playing good ball. They, they dropped the game to 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 the Broncos. That, that's a division game. That type of stuff happens. Yeah. Um, Obviously, I believe that Steelers and New England are also in that mix as well, mm-hmm. as well as potentially the Bears. Oh, definitely. Vikings too potentially, but they but they got to play more consistently. They they have not been playing good ball lately. But I mean, and for the Rams, the kicker for the Rams right now is that they're playing good ball, and it's without Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup tore his ACL last week, um, and that's a, a tough pill to swallow for them because he's such a big weapon for them. Um, and if, if the Saints win the Super Bowl, they should almost send a, a fruit basket to Ryan Fitzpatrick because ever since that beating they took in the first week, oh yeah, they've just been uh they they've been angry. Yeah, uh, Drew Brees has has just come out strong. Um, you know they they went out and and beat the Raiders and and Sean Payton it kind of exposed and it was a surprise. It was a big surprise. They exposed Marcus Peters of all people, um, as the the. Uh, the guy who was having a hard time and, and Sean Payton had a mouthful to say about that. And Marcus Peters exact uh, quote response was keep talking shit. So he was obviously really mad. He said, it's not going to happen again. Um, the, the saints and, and I don't like, I'm going to come out and say it flat out. I don't, I do not like the saints. I don't like the saints. And it's not because of, of uh, uh, the way that the saints play, because I like the way the saints play. I think they're very good on the field, obviously. My problem comes in where the Saints are a bunch of loudmouths and Sean Payton's an arrogant SOB. Um, I remember last year, during the, the Amer- just before that miracle play took place, uh, Sean Payton turned around on the sidelines and started doing the skull chant to all the Vikings fans because he thought they had the game locked up. And uh, Stefan Diggs made him eat those words, and I was so happy to see that happen. But Sean Payton you know, and the, and the Saints, um, they're, they're rolling right along here. They could very well be the team to knock the Rams out of the playoffs. And and we could see that happen, and it's kind of a an interesting little ordeal there. Um, the NFC is not very strong this year. you got a lot of teams that are – you have two teams that are – it's like the Rams. It's top-heavy. Yeah, it's the Rams, it's the Saints, and everybody else. You know, and it's kind of the same way in the, the AFC where you got the Chiefs and everybody else. Well, I, I almost disagree. I think you have the Chiefs, who are a bit a bit higher on the totem pole. But I think you got the Chargers, the Steelers, and the, and the Patriots, who, if they made the Super Bowl, wouldn't be a surprising thing. It wouldn't be surprising if I saw the Chargers. Made, well, I'm not going to say it wouldn't be surprising. Would, I'd be I'd be slightly surprised about the Chargers because the Chargers are in this division. Um, but you know, if the Chargers did go to the Super Bowl, I'd be pleasantly surprised. I'd be it would it would be a little minor surprise because right now I don't think there's any anybody that can 
compete with what you're seeing, you know, out of the Kansas City Chiefs. And then, but then you also you also got the Houston Texans, who I think are just as good as the as the uh, Chargers. The Texans um, seven in a row. For they're, them. they're they're on they're on fire, right? They could they could make a run themselves. Yeah, and and the Texans have been uh, something very interesting. They've been pulling out wins, and, and but the wins they've been pulling out haven't exactly been completely definitive. So, um, uh, you know, it's it's gonna be a um, it's gonna be a fun playoff race, I think. Uh, but one thing we always know is um, the key to the Super Bowl isn't to play dominating football, it's to play winning football, right? And, and the Texans are still doing that. <clears throat> they they are, and that's that's another big thing. And and also speaking of uh, the Saints, while well, we're, we're on the topic of these big playoff teams, uh, Sean Payton got himself into some trouble. In week ten, he broke a fire alarm. Um, in I think it's in just funny. Cincinnati uh, could. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if they're going to. They probably won't. But you know, they could pursue a felony against him for breaking that fire alarm. Doubt it. Yeah, I doubt they will. I've been reading things since it happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Drew Brees on a on a positive note, Drew Brees did pass Brett Favre for the second most passing touchdowns in NFL history. Um, so he he does get uh, that that record. Only got to pass is Peyton Manning at this point. I mean, you got Tom Brady on your heels, though. So. Yep, you got Brady on your heels, but Breeze is playing such good football. Um, just, just a fun time for for Drew Breeze, and I, I, in what we assume is going to be his final two years as a as a football, a professional football player, and as his last two years as, as a New Orleans Saint. I assume he's going to retire after his contract's up. You never know. You never know with Drew Brees. Um, guys that should be retired, though, uh, Des Bryant should have kept on the uh, kept on the bench oh. there. Um, got signed by the Saints, um, tears his Achilles, Brandon Marshall signs on with the Saints, didn't see much out of Brandon Marshall this last game, but uh, Brandon Marshall, uh, he is signed by the New Orleans Saints, he is there, um, whether we want to acknowledge it or not, it's the reality. Uh, <laughs> so the, um, the, the Saints are, are kind of an interesting animal. Do you think the Saints, um, okay, if you, if you were a betting man, if you had the choice between the Saints and the Rams at this point to go to the Super Bowl, which one are you taking? Knowing that the Saints have beaten the Rams, knowing that the Rams are coming off this big game against the Chiefs, I mean, what's your percentage-wise for each of these teams? Um, 70%. So 70-30. 70-30 for who? Rams. Rams. I'm going about... I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with my early... Game favorite. I'm gonna early season favorite. I'm sticking with the Rams through and through. I'm, Not, I'm about 60 40 Saints right now. To be honest with you, and it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I'm probably going a little high on the Rams side, but I think Rams are gonna come back strong. The only downer to the Rams right now, and I, I think is the the big difference between the Saints and the Rams is the Saints have some semblance of a defense, and if you look at the Rams all year long, they've just been pounded. Just well, relentlessly. The the Rams still have a better defense than the Saints. I think what I think what I, goes I in, can't I can't even say that. I mean, if you look at the the games, the the way that the the Rams have played, and and the amount of points that have been put on them over the course of this season, I can't say that that you know they're they're you know a better defense at this point. Well, I mean, let me let me put it let me put it this way. Um, as a whole, Rams defense is a lot better than they're performing. Um, I think what it comes down to is the Saints know what their defense isn't. The Rams don't know what their defense is. Yeah, I mean, the first two weeks, the Rams defense looked really good, but they also played the Raiders and the, the Cardinals. 
I mean, we gotta we we know that the <laughs> the Raiders and the Cardinals are any anything but Super Bowl caliber teams. Um, then you go down the line; they got twenty three put on them by the Chargers, um, who they're a very good team. They had thirty one put on them by the Vikings, so the number continues to grow. Um, let me see here; where are they? <clears throat> forty one by Seattle. Thirty one by Seattle. So I mean, that's a another good size number there. Um, whether we want to believe it or not, they get 20 put on them by the Broncos, who really have no offense. Uh, Case Keenum has been uh, basically flying by the, the seat of his pants here, um, hoping for the best there. They get 23 put on them by the Ravens, narrowly escape that one. Oh, I'm sorry. That was the – I'm looking yeah, at the Saints. <laughs> I looked at the Saints. Um, 10 by uh, Niners. 10 by the Niners, who are awful. Um. So I mean, is their defense performing? Real? I think they're they're silently bad. Twenty seven points by the pack. Those are all very good offenses, though. Too. They're getting they're getting dinged up. They're they're getting dinged. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say the Vikings' offense is a good offense because the Vikings' offense hasn't been performing up to snuff. Then they get forty five put on them by the Saints. Just uh, they they eat a forty burger there. Um. I I don't and then uh, I. They get 31 put on them by the Seahawks again. And then this past week, they get 51 put on them by the, by the Chiefs. I mean, a lot of their games are getting 30-plus points put on them. I don't know that I can necessarily buy the Rams. I mean, a lot of people are saying that, that what we saw on Monday Night Football was a, a Super Bowl preview. I don't know that I buy that. At the same time, what I do think it's a preview of is what we're going the direction we're currently seeing the NFL go. Um, you know, the NFL is, is moving in a direction at this point in time where it's very offense friendly, very anti-defense. I don't feel like the defenses can be as physical. Um, we've seen a stupid amount of points between two games for the Saints and the Rams and the Chiefs. Between those three teams in two separate games, you got to see over 150 points scored. That's, I, I think that's a, a telling thing. Um, and then you, I mean, you had the Giants put up 38. You had the Colts put up 38. Bucks also put up 35 in that yeah. same game. Bucks put up 35. You're, yeah, I mean, and then the week before, I mean, look at it. Rams put up 36. Seahawks put up 31. Packers Bears 31. Titans 34. Saints 51. 51. I mean, you Steelers 52. Bills I mean, 41. Yeah, you you got a, a very offense friendly. I mean, the week before that, you got the Panthers putting up 42. The, the Bears putting up 41, the Saints putting up 45, the Rams putting up 35, the Patriots 31, the Falcons 38, the 49ers 34, the Chiefs 37. I mean, this has become a very offense-friendly league, has it not? I mean, our, our, it, it definitely has. It's like we're seeing kind of going into the scores. It's you can see it trending up, and and these past couple of weeks have just been huge in points. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean. And, and, like, I'm looking back at some of the scores, and you're seeing, I mean, I expect a blowout every now and then. I expect a 40-point a game or something like that. But it seems like every week we're, we're running into these 42-point games, 37-point games, 33, 42. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just reading off some of these numbers here going, holy smokes, what are we looking at? Uh, and it seems like the Chiefs and the Patriots are, are pretty constant. Uh, the Broncos even put up 45 one week. The Colts put up 37. The Vikings put up 37. The, the Rams put up 39. I mean, it's just 
down the stri- the line here, down the stretch of the last four or five weeks especially, we've gotten to see 50-point games, 40-point games, just a, and it, it's a, a repeated thing. I think it, it is a lot to do with how our defenses are allowed to play, how the rules are, are changing, and, and do you think this is what the NFL wants? Um, and and I, I think it is. I think they want to create, I, I guess in their eyes, more exciting games. Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly it because um, your common fan loves a high-scoring game, so that's exactly what they're going to try to do. Yeah, and, and to me, I mean, to you guys like you and I, the, the purists out here, you know, we're over here going, well, where the hell's all the defense? You know, and we we I love a good defensive game. We love. I mean, I don't. I don't think defensive games are are super exciting or anything. I. I mean, they're they're as boring to me as the next guy. But at the same time, you know, you look at these defensive games, and and every now and then you're going to want to see the defense step up. You're going to want to see you know a close game, and and all we've really been seeing. I mean, the Saints just won forty eight to seven over the the reigning Super Bowl champions. I mean, there there's not as many very good, low scoring close games. Um, and, and it's kind of becoming a, a, an offensive league and, and it's also becoming a very pass heavy league. Um, we're, we're seeing a, a, a big change here. And I think a lot of that, like I said, has to do with the, the rules that dictate that the defense can't be as physical as they used to be. Um, particularly with the quarterback hitting rules, the pass interference calls are, you know, the, I mean, every little thing is a pass interference call. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's becoming an interesting little thing. I mean, would, would you agree? Oh, without a doubt, it is. Yeah, the uh, so I mean that's that's the route the league's kind of going, and I think this this Monday night game was a big exclamation point. <laughs> you know, like this is where the league's going, like it or not, that's it. Period. End. Um, so uh, with that, Tyler, we're going to give ourselves a quick break, and then uh, we'll get a word from our sponsors, and then we'll be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. And welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I'm your host, Tyler Dean. Yeehaw. And I'm still, unfortunately, here with Scotty Freytown. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Come on. I'm the most fun. Unfortunate Freytown. Unfortunate. What a dick. See, what I a, can kind of rhyme. I just add a, a U in there. F-U-F. What a, what a dick. <laughs> Golly. Well, Tyler, because we, we skipped an episode, or we skipped a week, and now we're here on episode number 20. Um, we are going to, what, what is it? We're, is it, it, we're going to do a double down this week, right? Mm, I'm not doing two top tens. You're not doing two Figured, top I mean, points. it's the 20th episode. We missed a week. Mm-hmm. We're going to do top 20. Top 20? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. So we get to sit more through more of your segment? But there, there's no honorable mentions. It's just the 20. So really, well, I would tend to hope there's not. <laughs> I got 50 honorable mentions. <laughs> so... 
Uh, with that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Tyler's Top 10. Tyler's Top 20? Top 20. Top 20. So Jesus. what, what yeah, I did episode was, twenty, yes. yeah, yeah, baby, that's it. So what I did to be fair for each week is, um, it was mandatory that they're in the top twenty. There had to be ten from each week. Oh, okay. So, so there, there could have been a couple, a couple matchups that you could view as being left out because maybe one week is heavier than another. But I purposely put ten in each. There you go. Just, to, just to be fair. That's fair. That's fair. I can, I, I'm cool with that. So, I'll, I'll, I'll specify the week. Um. One small spoiler: only only one player is on here twice. Really? Just to, that, that just goes to show just the diversity of how many talented players there are out there right now. That's insane. But starting at number twenty from week eleven, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette from this past week, one hundred forty-one yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. Monster game. Got it done through the air and on the ground and. What it turned out to be an eventual loss to the Steelers. Yeah. <laughs> After what looked promising for an upset there. It did. It, it looked very uh, very promising there for a minute. Uh, Leonard Fournette, um, as always, great runner. Um, the, the guy that just, he gets a raw deal playing with Jacksonville. Uh, Blake Bortles is not the quarterback of the future over there. I think Jacksonville's starting to realize it. I think they're realizing they made an awful mistake, and now Leonard Fournette's got to carry the team. Yeah, and I think you're. I think by the time his contract's up, he's going to be so frustrated he's going to walk. Oh yeah, either they, it's either they they draft a new quarterback, or Leonard Fournette's getting out of there. Hey Baltimore, um, jump on the bandwagon and hop off the bandwagon and trade Lamar <laughs> Fournette. Uh, twenty eight carries, um, ninety five yards and a touchdown this past week. I mean, it, it's a, he didn't have the best average in the world, but he still played pretty well against a Pittsburgh defense that that. Uh, is actually pretty darn good. They've been really rocking against the run recently. Um, and he also led the team in, in through the air in a game where Blake Bortles couldn't get much done. Yeah, Blake Bortles only puts up 104 yards. I mean, Fournette, I mean, there, there's certain teams out there right now where the offense runs through their – it goes through their running back. And it's either Cowboys with Ezekiel Elliott, and you see it with, you know, the Jacksonville Giants, with Fournette, the Giants with Barkley. Saints. No, uh, I wouldn't Rams. say the Saints. I mean, the Saints offense runs through Drew Brees. Yes, but um, their running backs are very prominent. Yes. Um, so in this case, um, um, Fournette gets two receptions, but let's keep in mind when, when a running back gets a reception, he almost, it's almost always like a five-yard pass yeah, or something. So, so if, to get two receptions and 46 yards, he got some rack. He he did his job as a running back yep. and got the job done. 23-yard 20, so, average. You know, He had 46 yards on two receptions, so he's doing his job. Um, it's just a matter of, of, uh, you know, it's a matter of, of, uh, Blake Bortles starting to step it up or either that or Jackson. When your running back quarterback. has more yards than, than your quarterback does, it says a lot about your quarterback situation yeah. too. And Jacksonville could not get it done. Yep. And, and Jacksonville's got to, got to figure it out from a running back stand. Well, from a quarterback standpoint to help Leonard Fournette. Uh, otherwise he's going to want to get the hell out of there pretty quick. Number 19. DJ Moore from Week 11 turned turn things around for himself. Uh, seven receptions, 157 yards, and a touchdown. He's still no Calvin Ridley. No, absolutely not. Um, he had a, this is his first really really big game. Second. Uh, well, I mean, first really really big game. Yes. I mean, I mean this. I mean, 
He had a good game. Uh, uh, what was it last week? A couple weeks ago against yeah. Baltimore, maybe last week too. No, yeah, last he, week they had wrecked by Steelers. It wasn't yeah, last yeah. Week. He, he had an all right game, but um, it, the the big thing about DJ Moore is is there's a degree of inconsistency there. Um, you know, it's not like and the thing about it that gets me is Calvin Ridley's putting up big numbers in spite of having Julio Jones there, and and in spite of having. Uh, um, God, who else is there? Is it Willie? No, Willie Sneed's not there no. anymore. Um, well, they have they had Coleman and yep. Freeman running attack. Yeah. Plus, you have Hooper at, at tight end. Right. I mean, you, you've got a lot of weapons over there in Atlanta, and Calvin Ridley's still putting up those numbers. His, his only competition is uh, you got McCaffrey, who's at running back, and then Olsen. Yeah, who, and, who just came back. Well, not just. We he's back a few weeks now. Well, but. we also got to bear in mind Devin Funchess has been the number one over there for a while. Um, and, and Devin Funches hasn't been playing good ball either. Devin Funches has had a little bit of a drop issue over there in Carolina. I, I mean, to me, DJ Moore should be doing more than he is, um, and he, he hasn't been living up to the expectations. Um, it's great to see him put up that good game, but I'd like to see some more. Number 18, with the same amount of yards, but he's he's higher on the list because he had three more receptions, and you know me like receptions because it shows that you're trusted. Yep. Um, Traquan Smith from this week. 10 receptions, 157 yards, and a touchdown. Big game for him. Um, Showing to be a, a big weapon there for uh, Breeze and starting to show. He got a nice one-two punch there with Smith and uh, Thomas. It makes you wonder why they even bothered going out and signing um, Brandon Marshall when Traquan Smith is that deep ball receiver. Brandon Marshall really isn't needed over there in, in New Orleans. Um, Traquan, I think it's a depth thing. Yeah, Traquan Smith is has become kind of the the Tory Smith of of that team, where he's catching that long ball. He's a deep threat. He he continues to be a deep threat. Um, and and Michael Thomas is obviously the the reception guy, the guy that's getting uh, the the red zone looks and whatever the case may be. So I, I mean, let's see if Traquan Smith can continue that uh, that type of uh, spectacular movement. Maybe he can become the next Deshaun Jackson out there. And this just goes to show how deep, how how much of an offensive week it's been this week and last week. It's it, you need some big matchups just to make a top twenty. Mm, and twenty, uh, you got one hundred fifty-seven yards in the top twenty right now. Yeah, and, and at, you're, at eighteen. You're at eighteen. So I mean that that goes to show you uh, the type of performances we've been looking at from an offensive standpoint in the NFL recently. Because because here's one that'll throw you for a loop. It's mostly because we see we normally see his name higher. Right, Todd Gurley from week ten. 160 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown, sitting at 17. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Todd Gurley, as always, um, touchdown machine. He's He's got a, a good amount of production there. He's He's been getting yards from scrimmage a lot more more so than um, yards on the ground. But he's still he's, leading the league by a lot yeah, in rushing yards. Still, still leads the league in rushing yards, but but whenever we talk I, about Todd Gurley. I, I expect he's, he, that league's going to loosen up because he had the rough week this week. For, I don't want to say a rough week, but quiet week. You're right. And and then they have the bye this week, so I expect that gap's going to loosen. But I find it more common that we're talking about Todd Gurley as, as a uh, um, yards from scrimmage type situation. And yes. we, we hear about that a lot, Todd Gurley yards from scrimmage. And I think that also shows the versatility of Todd Gurley I also think it shows um, that that Todd Gurley, uh, he's he he's kind of like that change of pace back along, you know, like he he's playing all roles. He he's you do have a few of those guys, a, a few of them I will talk about more as we go on here, right? But but, but you know, yeah, the, the Todd Gurley is kind of that definition of the change. Of, um, that for a while that was like your Le'Veon Bell, but he's not right. playing this year. But uh, number sixteen, another. From scrimmage guy, um, from week ten, Mark Ingram, 162 yards from scrimmage. 
in a touchdown. Mark Ingram is is fighting for a contract right now, and I think he realizes that Alvin Kamara. You know, I think the Saints realize Alvin Kamara is the guy, and I think that that Mark Ingram realizes that Alvin Kamara can be the guy. Here's the thing with Ingram: if Saints were to re-sign him, they'll be the Saints saying that they are not going to sign Kamara. You are not going to give two running backs and a combined. $30 million. Unless you're the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns did it with Carlos Hyde and, and um, Duke Johnson. You know, but, uh, I mean, to me, um, honestly, I I believe that uh, uh, I believe that they could very well give that, that type of money to uh, the two running backs. I, I, I mean... Ingram's fighting for a contract. I mean, is he going to prove his worth? I, I think the big question is, is Mark Ingram proving his worth to the Saints, or is he proving his worth to other teams moving into free agency? Oh, I, I think the Saints know that Kamara is their guy. They're going to go They're going to go with Kamara in the long run, so he's proven his worth to right. 31 other teams. That's kind of what I'm getting at here, is, is Mark Ingram, he's going to go into free agency, and he's going to go out and he's going to garner that that big contract no matter where he goes. I think he understands that Kamara's probably taking the spot. And I think the Saints can actually sign Kamara for cheaper, to be honest with you, because of because of his age, because of the, the for lack of better term, lack of experience. Um, I, I think they'll be able to give Kamara a, a $10 million deal versus a $15 million Kamara's deal. Kamara's going to garner the same contract that Gurley and Bell's about to get. I disagree. I disagree with that. I don't think Kamara's going to wind up getting plus seventeen million like like, uh, like I think he will. Le'Veon will. He's I think he'd be a big part of the team. Change I, it back. I think he's a big part of the team. Both. I think he's a big part of the team. But if you're talking Alvin Kamara, I, I, I think they're going to go ahead and, and like I said, because he doesn't have as much experience as Ingram. He's not the power back that Ingram is. He's more of an elusive back. I think you're going to be talking about you know ten maybe twelve. And then, you know, when Kamara starts showing what he's got, they're going to start moving him up to that $15, $16, 17000000 million food chain. But right now, I mean, you have to think, Alvin Kamara, he's making, what, $2, 3000000 million? But my point is he still has two years left on his deal. I mean, I think by the time his contract's up, he's going to be garnering $16 million if he keeps this pace up. And that could very well be, barring, a, barring an injury or anything like that. I mean, you could see that. Um, moving on, talking another one of those – Change of pace guys getting ball getting yards on both ends of it. Um, from week ten, Melvin Gordon having a great year. He's having a hot streak this year. Yeah, Melvin he is. Gordon is is blowing up, and he's a big reason why the Chargers are are in such a good position. Lots of rush yards, lots of catching out of the backfield. Uh, he's just a great. I mean, he's an all around type of back. Um, I remember when Melvin Gordon got drafted in the league, and he was garbage, and everybody thought he was going to be garbage. And that second year, he really blew up, and he has not slowed down since. Oh, without a doubt, 165 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. Big game for him. Places him at number 15. Yeah, it's, it's sad. It's sad. Um, number 14, Zach Ertz from Week 10. 14 receptions. Big, mm. big number. A lot of receptions for him. Big receptions, big targets, 145 yards, a pair of touchdowns, put up two touchdowns. Um, big game there by Ertz. Ertz is, is a huge, huge, huge part of that, that Philadelphia offense. And he was last year, and he continues to be this year. Um, he's one of Wentz's favorite targets, and and you know like last year during that big Super Bowl run, Ertz was a, a huge name that you consistently heard. He smoked my Vikings in the NFC Championship game. He he came in and he he smoked um, uh, the the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I mean Zach Ertz is he's a mismatch anywhere he goes. Great receiving tight end. He knows how to block. 
I like this pick, and, and I thought I think he's absolutely in 110% in the right spot. T.Y. Hilton at number 13, T.Y. Hilton from this past week, week 11, uh, nine receptions, 155 yards, two touchdowns. Huge game for T.Y. Hilton against Big reason a, for what Andrew Luck did in that game. Against a very tough Tennessee Titans defense. Or so we thought. Yeah, I, well, Tennessee's defense has been – has been good. There has been some struggles for them um, in the in the defensive back department a little bit, um, obviously with this big number from T.Y. Hilton. But uh, T.Y. Hilton continues to do what he's going to do. He a few years ago he blew up, and now he's he's still red hot. Um, you know, and, and Andrew Luck starting to get some protection, starting to get some love. You, and it's good to see Andrew Luck flourishing and showing, hey, I'm still Andrew Luck now that I have a few weapons around me. You're going to see a, a lot more. And uh, Luck win goes out with T.Y. when they win two straight. I'm pretty excited for, for T.Y. And, and Luck. I, could they be the, the second coming of, of, you know, Peyton and Reggie Wayne? I mean, we'll see. But, you know, a lot of, there's, there's some comparisons being drawn there. So I'm, I'm hoping that uh, T.Y. continues his hot streak. Number 12. You're probably not going to like my placement, but I kind of warned you on, on why he's going to get dinged a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, from Week 11, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, um, monster game on the front end of it. Thirty-three for forty-six, four hundred seventy-eight yards, six touchdowns. That's huge. What brings him down, and it's only really because we're doing a two-weeker thing here. Um, if it was just a single week, top ten week, he'd be sitting very, very high. But with with I was looking at week ten, which had which honestly had more strong performances in week eleven. Mm. Um, it brought him low because of not one, not two, but three interceptions in. There's some avenues where he didn't take care of the ball um, quite well, and, and that and that kind of had a reason to do with their loss. Those three picks um, were were actually devastating to them losing. If he hadn't thrown those three picks, I I would not only venture to guess that the Chiefs would win this game, but I'd also double digit. Uh, yeah, I would I would venture to guess that the Chiefs would um, uh, that that we would have had 110, 120. Yeah, points a couple for a of those game. picks um, end up leading to the. Uh, at one point, the Rams were up ten. If I'm not mistaken, it was mm -hmm. forty to thirty at one point. Yep. And so the Chiefs end up having to play comeback. Then they did, and it turned into a this, that, and back and forth in the fourth quarter. Right. It was it was a lot of back and forth. Um, Mahomes. I mean, at the end of the day, he's he's got the uh, MVP award almost wrapped up here. I think. I, I don't think anybody can question. The I think. I think there's a. Uh, Someone on his back, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple people that are on his back, but right two now, two which are, out, are are coming up here yeah. to talk about them. But at the end of the day, they're on his back. I think Patrick Mahomes has shown that he's the best quarterback in the NFL right now, uh, at least this season. Um, whether or not we can see that continue moving forward, I don't know. But you know, Andy Reid is the quarterback whisperer, and uh, I have a feeling that you're going to see a whole lot more out of Patrick Mahomes. Um, he's kind of a quarterback and and running back whisperer. In yeah. all honesty, I mean, he's yeah. A better coach than anyone gives him credit for. Yeah, Andy Reid, um, when he was let go in Philadelphia, I, I scratched my head about that one. And to see him get picked up with Kansas City, I knew this was going to be a big team in the near future. Took him a couple of years, but and even then, they were contenders for a long time. So, I mean, I, this is going to be a good time with, with Patrick Mahomes, and Andy Reid's going to have a job for a long, long time moving forward. Number 11, Christian McCaffrey from Week 10. 138 yards from scrimmage, three touchdowns. McCaffrey, um, he's kind of, you know, he had a big game. He's kind of a hit-or-miss kind of guy. Um, he came out and, and had the three touchdowns, had a big game in Week 10, shows up in Week 11, doesn't do squat against the Lions. 120 yards. Yeah, I mean, against the Lions. doesn't get in the end zone. Yeah, it doesn't get in the end zone, doesn't put up the but points. But he's, he's still a big part of this team. Right, no, but against the Lions. Hard, 110 yards. 
Yeah, against the Lions, he had 110 yards from scrimmage, but I mean, he he failed to rush the ball well. Uh, 13 carries, 53 yards. I mean, it was it was a pretty weak game for Christian McCaffrey. Not a big, uh, not as explosive as you you would like to see. Like I said, he's hit or miss. He comes out one week, does hot, comes in the next, he's kind of weak. Um, and you'd expect more, especially against that Lions uh, run defense that has just struggled mightily all year. So I mean, week 10, absolutely Christian McCaffrey all day. Week 11, eh, not so much. Going into the top 10 of the top 20 between two weeks, so it's getting kind of dicey here. Yep. It got it was difficult to get near the top. It's like, man, it's it starts, it's, it starts getting hard to compare positions and what you it's it's tough. Um I want I'm gonna go a little deeper in number 10 here. So number 10 is Aaron Jones from week 10. 172 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns. Huge game. I want to add that in week eleven, he had 103 yards scrimmage and also two touchdowns. So between wow. two weeks, he's got a He's got 275 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, now, is he – I mean, now, here's the big thing about Aaron Jones. He's got a lot of yards from scrimmage, um, only 40 yards on the ground this past week. He did get he did hit the end zone on the ground. Um, and then 63 yards of the air. Now, is he – to me, I don't think he's the, the running back that the Green Bay Packers need to finally get that running offense going because they haven't had a really good running back since Ryan Grant was he, healthy. He's more of a change of pace guy. Right, since Ryan Grant was healthy or since, um, oh, shoot, what's his name? The fat guy that went over to, to Seattle. Oh, Lacey. Yeah, before Eddie Lacey he got bad. before he got awful. You know, I mean, they, they haven't had a really strong, consistent rushing attack there for a while. So, I mean, and, and they were hoping Aaron Jones was going to be the guy. Eventually, they're going to have to go in and, and draft a running back first round and just make the move. But, but um, Jones has, has, has proven he's, he's trying to fight to be that guy. Yeah, he's put some good numbers when, he, when he's been in. So He's fighting to be that guy, but I think ultimately you're going to see Aaron Jones show up as that change of pace back, and, and that's all right. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's it's about that time to be that change of pace guy and for them to go and because find if, a strong Because if, if you could get a Bruiser-type back like, like Ingram, Jones and that guy could really um, – Oh, it would open things up. Down. It would open things up for Aaron Rodgers so much, and, and he wouldn't be – you know, taking shots downfield. You see Devontae Adams putting up huge numbers, and he's Rodgers is having to take those big shots downfield and hoping that that his receivers are going to go up and get the football. Um, so, I mean, Aaron Jones, big game. Um, I'd like to see a little more out of him on the ground and as a running back. For sure. Um, but I'm, I was looking more at week 10. Well, yeah, week 10, huge performance. Yeah. Huge yeah. performance um, against the Dolphins. I mean, Dolphins defense, not so great. I mean, we know that the Dolphins themselves aren't yeah. so great. But Aaron Jones' ground attack was just oh yeah, fifteen phenomenal. carries, one hundred forty-five yards, and, and two touchdowns against against the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, he it was a huge game. I mean, but like I said, consistency out of Aaron Jones—that's what I'm looking for. Number nine to me, the true number one in the uh, MVP hunt, given that um he takes care of the ball and has one interception this year, and that's the Saints' Drew Brees, week eleven. 22 for 38, great, great average there. 363 yards, four touchdowns, and again, no interceptions. The, the dude knows how to take care of the ball. He's in competition for that that MVP talk, but I, you know, Drew Brees, um, I, I think he, uh, he could, could he could wind up with the MVP. I, I think he's got um, just as many weapons as Patrick Mahomes um, with Michael Thomas and that. I, I think I, I, I could see it. I think I think the two of them are are brawling for it. I think Mahomes has it, but you know, I, I am I going to count Drew Brees out? I'm never counting Drew Brees out. I can't count Drew, count Drew Brees out ever. 
<laughs> ever, ever, ever. Um, is is Mahomes gonna? I think Mahomes is gonna take it. I think if tomorrow you said Drew Brees is the MVP, I wouldn't argue that. Um, I I think Mahomes is still the guy though. Number eight from week eleven, Saquon Barkley, twenty-seven carries, one hundred forty-two yards, two touchdowns on the ground, but he also had an. Uh, I see interceptions. Um, two touchdowns on the ground, mm-hmm. but he also had a touchdown through the air as well. And it was like I think it was one like two passes, but he had a touchdown. So three touchdowns on the day, one hundred forty-two yards on the ground. That Giants offense runs through Saquon. Yeah. Oh yeah. Without a doubt, it has to. And and eventually, you know, I think they know. Um, you know the Giants now winning three in a row or two in a row, and they're they're three and seven now. They're they're starting to get it together. They know right now their their big joke and their their big slogan is run the table, and that's what they're trying to do. Saquon Barkley will be a big part of that if they do do or do wind up running the table. That would be a huge surprise. Um, they need quarterback help over there. That's that, at the end of the day, they need quarterback help over there. Saquon can't do it all. Um, he's proven that he's going to be a huge part of that offense, and he's going to be the biggest part of that offense. I don't think I, I, I like Odell Beckham. Don't get me wrong. I think everybody does like OBJ, but you know you got to get a quarterback for for that guy to open things up. I think everybody knows that 99 times out of 100, you, you need to watch Saquon Barkley. That's the number one issue. So, um, but the the whole thing with with Saquon, he's he's going to be the biggest part of that offense moving forward. Number seven, David Johnson. From week 10, 183 yards from the scrimmage and two touchdowns. Sorry, but that's number seven. He finally yeah, he <laughs> finally comes alive. Uh, David Johnson. Uh, he's been won. on a roll on um, the second half of the year. He's, yeah. he's been on my top 10 three times since uh, week five. Yep, he finally finally came alive there. Um, they they got to get him more touches, and that was the big problem over there. That he was getting him touches. Um, this guy was a rushing leader, you know, for a while. I mean, he 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 well, was one year. He, well, he was still one of the top guys rushing wise. I mean, when he's healthy, he's great, and when he gets touches, he's great. Um, you got to take the ball out of Josh Rosen's hands right now, and you got to hand it off, and and you got to trust that that David Johnson's going to get it done. And uh, they're starting to do that, and David Johnson's starting to show up. Number six, Ezekiel Elliott from Week Eleven, two hundred and one yards in scrimmage and a touchdown. Zeke, another big outing there by Zeke again. Over 200 yards, just over, in the touchdown. He's um, this is another one of those where the this team runs through Elliot. Elliot, yeah. Prescott's not the quarterback that, that they need. No, and Elliot helps complement and keep Elliot from making too many mistakes. Uh, handing the ball off to Zeke is is you know it, it reminds me of that movie Little Giants where they were just handing the ball off to Spike all the time. Ezekiel <laughs> um, Elliott is that guy. He's he's always going to be. Uh, I mean, they, they basically liken him to a, a more athletic version of Emmett Smith, basically, is what I keep hearing. Um, the guy's a monster. He, he runs the ball well um, just about every game. He uh, doesn't catch many out of the backfield. He's more of your, your downhill bruiser type of runner, but that's all right. You know, he's getting the job done for Dallas. Uh, like, like you were saying, the offense runs through Ezekiel Elliott. They need to get him a good quarterback over there. I don't think Prescott's the guy, um, and, and I know you don't think Prescott's the guy. But uh, Zeke getting it done in Dallas, I love it. All right, going in the, in the top five, two week top twenty. So I mean, you're talking some really monster performances mm-hmm. here. Number five, Ezekiel Elliott again, week ten, 187 yards from scrimmage, a little bit less than yards, but the extra touchdown, two touchdowns. Yep, big game for uh, in, Zeke in the, in the game against the Eagles. He uh, got the job done in, in in a big way again. Two straight weeks for Elliott. Yeah, he he's um 
the one thing that, that's really keeping the Dallas Cowboys alive. We saw the Dallas Cowboys falling apart. Um, everybody started calling for, for um, Jason Garrett's head. And Ezekiel Elliott is going to save Jason Garrett this year single-handedly if he continues playing the way he is. Um, just monster game after monster game after monster game. You're going to see Ezekiel Elliott more and more and more uh, showcase more and more near the end of the year. You've already heard Jerry Jones say, I stand behind Jason Garrett. Um, he said that after these last two weeks. So I, here we go. Here is Jason Garrett going to stay alive? Is the yes man going to stay there? I think so. And and uh, Ezekiel Elliott, once again, is getting it done there in Dallas. One of the top four. I got two from each week. Oh, boy. Number four from week 10. Big Ben Roethlisberger, that Thursday night game against the Panthers, they they decimated them. You know, once a year, Big Ben is good for a monster game like that. Yeah, and it's about once a year. Well, more than that, he's he's <clears throat> first ballot Hall of Fame guy. He's, oh yeah, but at, at once a year, I always hear something about Ben Roethlisberger putting up either 500 yards or or throwing five touchdowns or or just I mean, lighting the world on fire, putting up 50 plus points. Something Ben Roethlisberger does, and it's always just like once a year, out of nowhere, he just kills everybody. And and that's what we saw on that Thursday night game. He goes 22 for 25. He only completed three balls. Um, 328 yards, five touchdowns. Yep, and there's that five-touchdown game that I was just talking about. You know, he, he's, he's good for about one a year, um, sometimes two, but, he, you know, he's a consistent quarterback. Ben Roethlisberger's consistent quarterback still is. Um, always has been, but the big thing about Ben, you know, now, you know, like, like I said, one or two games a year, he'll blow up on, on that level. And, uh, you got to see it there on Thursday night football, just beating the snot out of the, uh, Carolina Panthers. Going to the top three. And to me on the outside, but still in the talks for MVP. And that's the uh, LA Rams quarterback, Jared Goff. Yeah. Um, week 11. Um, there are some questions as far as, um, how how can golf react in a game where things get out of hand and, and it's just gunsling gunsling? And what did golf do? He shows I can go. If there was any question about Jared Goff being an elite quarterback, he put it to rest sort of in this game uh, with the gunslinging performance here. Because they did it without Gurley, yeah. basically. Yes, it's, it was it was it was it was pretty amazing. And without Cooper Cup as well. Yeah. Um, it, it, the big thing about Jared Goff when we're when we're talking about him is just kind of like um, other players in the NFL is just the consistency factor. Is Jared Goff consistent? And I see Jared Goff, you know, one week he'll put up one touchdown and put up 250 yards, and then he'll come out the next week and put up a performance like this um, and, and keep up with, with Pat Mahomes. And, and I think that kind of says uh, something about Jared Goff, and that's why he's on the outskirts right now, that MVP talk. Yeah, because um, uh, um, uh, Mahomes and uh... – Breeze are playing a little more consistent on that. But Absolutely. Golf is still playing well good enough to be in those conversations. Yes. Um, he goes 31 for 49, 413 yards, four touchdowns. Big performance. All the way Great all performance. Way Didn't make mistakes that Mahomes did. Um, Mahomes throws one or two interceptions, he'd be sitting a lot higher in this list. Oh, absolutely. I, but I had, for, for three, I, I had to penalize you. Yeah. You, People people complain about the quarterbacks throwing three at, interceptions, but at the end of the day, it costed them the game. But how can you be two of seven on a six touchdown game? That's why Mahomes is still sitting where he was at. To me, Mahomes should have been higher on the list based on the six touchdowns and the and the yardage total. But I do understand because of the three picks. Going to the top two, one from each week. 
Number two is from this week. Tyreek Hill. We talked about this. Dear Lord. Ten receptions, 215 yards, two touchdowns. Is Tyreek Hill the most explosive player in the NFL currently? He's one of them, but I think you're talking about a few. I mean, um, his teammate on his own team, not my top 20 this week, but he's been uh, in uh, Kareem Hunt's been very explosive too. Uh, Tyreek Hill's been on a tear the last few weeks. Uh, it, this team is just really, really good right now. Um, Tyreek Hill, I, I mean, through 11 weeks, we've got 1,100 yards. Yeah, I believe he's probably, I think he's like fourth. Yep, he's um, 1,106 yards so far. Um, oh, he's, he's second now. He's second now, yeah. He, he blew up. Adam Thielen has been very quiet uh, for the last two weeks. Michael Thomas has consistently been going up. But Tyreek Hill, with a 200-yard performance, um, catches just, himself yep, up to Julio. We'll talk more the about later. Yep, gets thrown up the charts there, um, and and you're just seeing it. Patrick Mahomes, along with him, leading the league in yardage with 3,628. I mean, Tyreek Hill. I mean, he's he's making a case for himself as as the most explosive player in the NFL right now. He's a speedster, and nobody can seem to keep up with him when he gets going. Um, likes to catch the ball over the middle and and make plays with his legs. Gotta love what Tyreek Hill's doing, and he had a big performance this past week. But here we go, number one of the two-week top 20. I mean, you, you think, like, oh, which player could have been the best performer of two weeks? Oh, you, you think all these veterans, all these great players, MVP caliber players, it's a rookie. Oh, boy. Nick Chubb. Wow. From week 10. Now, yardage-wise, he had less than Tyree Kill, but I put a higher emphasis on, on rushing yards, or as they're harder to come by than receiving. So despite having six yes, less yards than Tyree Kill, most of his came on the ground, so I'm going to give him a little boost of credit there. He had 209 yards from scrimmage, two touchdowns. 176 on the ground and a touchdown. Um, then another uh, 30 or so on on the ground on, through the air. 33 through the air and another touchdown. Um, I, I'm going to give that to him over Tyreek Hill just for yeah. Um, it, and he did it against the Atlanta Falcons, who I mean, from a, a rushing defense perspective, Atlanta. I, I don't believe they're too bad. I got to look into that. But uh, Nick Chubb has is, is emerged as the, the Browns' big-time runner. He, he's, very, he's a downhill runner, big, nasty uh, guy. He's not the fastest guy in the world, but he'll knock you on your butt real fast. Really reminds you of um, kind of a, a LeGarrette Blunt when he first started out. Um, just a big bruiser. I like Nick Chubb. It's exciting to see him coming alive here. And um, from a, a rushing uh, yardage standpoint, he he hasn't gotten the credit that he deserves. He's got 579 yards on 94 attempts, so he's he's ranked number 17 in the league right now in rushing and yards. And that's because for most of the league, he wasn't yeah he wasn't the starter. He wasn't the starter for a while, and and now he's become the starter. But just on 94 carries, he has 579 yeah, yards. By far the best average there. Yep, he's he's trailing behind Chris Carson, who he's if he continues doing what he's doing, he's going to surpass this week. Joe Mixon. Uh, who he'll surpass this week if he keeps doing what he's doing. Lamar Miller has 6'11", Kamara has 6'17", David Johnson has 6'29", Christian McCaffrey has 6'32", Matt Breida has 6'32". So, I mean, if... The the only ones that he's really close to as far as average is uh, Breida. Are the only ones that are close to him in average are Breida and Lindsey? Are the only ones that are kind of creeping on him? Carry on Johnson as well. So, I I expect uh, Breida and Lindsey to kind of keep their distance at him a little bit. I I don't expect that. I expect what I expect is Nick Chubb. If he has another hundred yard game, he's going to surpass a big, a large group of these. I expect him to pass Carson, Mixon, Miller, Kamara, 
uh, Johnson and McCaffrey yardage wise. He has a hundred yard game. I, I don't think those guys are gonna gonna be able to keep up with him and Burita for that matter. I think he'll pass all those guys. Um, and then and then he'll be right on the doorstep of Carryon Johnson. So uh, it, you know, and Carryon being hurt, he might even surpass Carryon Johnson as well. So that that'll be a fun one. But uh, yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Nick Chubb. Monster game, having a great year. Um, it's great to see that that he's uh, kind of come out of the the woodwork here and taken over that starting role. We all thought it was going to be Duke Johnson for a long time. I mean, we were under the belief that that DJ was going to be the guy, and uh, no, Nick Chubb all day. Quick question before we move to your forgetful five. Just that I had the running stats open. Mm -hmm. Does Todd Gurley? He has the bye this week. Does he still sit as the uh, rushing leader this time next week? Who's Dallas got? Let's find out. I'm going to have to take a look and see. If, I, if, if my eyes aren't deceiving me, he's about 90 yards back. Yep, yep. Ezekiel Elliott so is. So we'll take a good game on the ground. He's taking on the Redskins. Tough, def uh, tough defense. Um, I think Todd Gurley stays as the rushing leader. But barely. Yeah, barely. I, 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 I'd agree with that. Yeah. So, um, and now, Tyler, it's time, because you just like me crapping on people. It's, it's your favorite part. Which I have a feeling the way this is going to go, just because of the offensive performances of how things have been the last oh couple weeks. Oh my god! <laughs> um, all right, well, it's time for Freytown's Forgotten Five. Freytown's Forgetful Five. Woo! How excited are you? Um, I'm going to start with a couple of uh, honorable mentions. Uh, Carson Wentz from Week Eleven. Yuck. Just yuck. Um, the Eagles have looked bad all around. Carson Wentz throws three picks. Um, just a, a bad showing. He only puts up seven points on the day, 156 yards, 19 for 33. Uh, bad performance against the New Orleans Saints. Um, the Saints defense hasn't really been anything to behold either. So I'm, I'm a little surprised that he put up such a, a horrible um, performance against the, the New Orleans Saints. Um, I, I was at least hoping that game was going to be a little more competitive than it was. Um, I think that the Eagles have kind of given up on the season. Um, it was just bad. But the division's completely up for the running for all four teams right now. Yeah. And, then, and um, honorable mention number two, uh, Josh Rosen from Week 11. Uh, nine completions on 20 attempts. Um, 136 yards. He had three touchdowns on the day, which kept him out of the, the forgetful five, but he also had two picks. Um, lost to the Raiders, nine for 20. That's that's a rough day. That's a not, it's a rough day against a really bad defense, a defense that has no pass rush whatsoever. They need a pass rusher. They need a pass rusher, yeah. We, we, <laughs> I mean, well, apparently they don't need corners to take on the Arizona Cardinals because, Christ, nine for 20. Jesus. Um, so the Arizona Cardinals, uh, I like, I like to envision continue. Rosen having like 10 seconds with the ball and still throwing incomplete. complete. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> miserable. Um, now moving into the forgetful five, you're, you're looking at, uh, the entire Philadelphia Eagles week 11 team. It was rough. The saints just had a field day. on them. It was bad. The defense was bad. They, they give up 22 for 30, 363, four touchdowns to Drew Brees. Mark Ingram, 16 carries for 103 yards, two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara, 13 carries for 71 yards. I mean, they they got manhandled. 
Traquan Smith, 157 yards on a touchdown. Michael Thomas, 92 yards on a touchdown. Alvin Kamara, one reception for 37 yards on a touchdown. On one reception. I mean, just spanked. Um, the entire Philadelphia Eagles team should be ashamed of themselves for putting up that type of uh, performance and then not being able to get anything done offensively uh, against a Saints defense that really hasn't been that good. Um, so, I mean, shame on them. Number four goes to uh, the Cincinnati Bengals Week 10 defense. Um, another game against the Saints. 51 points put on them. 51. After two straight weeks, the Saints offense has been an absolute terror. Well, I mean, it's been all 99 season. 99 points the Saints have put up in two weeks. Yeah, and it's it's craziness. 51 points in, in one game, you know, against uh, the Bengals, who really haven't been bad this year. Well, you make it sound like 51 is some giant giant feat for... Um, Sorry, I feel like I'm spoiling some stuff for you. No, but I mean, one's a lot for. Uh... Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> it, it is. That's the thing, and it's it, you know, for football purists, because that's what I like to consider us football purists, and and we're kind of those old school soldiers that like defensive games and and like the defense to actually put up a fight. I mean, 51 points being put on the Cincinnati Bengals is absolutely ridiculous. Um, horrible showing by them. They allowed Drew Brees, he, he only had 265 yards on the day, three touchdowns. Mark Ingram had 104. Alvin Kamara had 12 carries for 56. I mean, they rushed all over him. Um, and, and, you know, passing-wise, it was very modest, but they still got it done in the red zone with Michael Thomas. Uh, they got Mark Ingram a touchdown through the air. I mean, just a bad day um, by the Bengals. And then adding to it, Andy Dalton went 12 for 20 for 153, a touchdown and two interceptions. Um, the, the Bengals got no help all around. Maybe I should have put their entire team on here, but I digress. 51 points given up there. Um, next up, number three, you got the LA Rams week 11 defense. Um, <laughs> 51 points by the Chiefs put up. Um, Patrick Mahomes, 33 for 46, 478, six touchdowns through the air, three interceptions. I mean, it's more so a reflection on the defensive backs because they did hold Kareem Hunt to only 70 yards on 14 carries. Um, but, you know, 51 points is a lot of points. But the 5-point average is still good. Yeah, the, the big thing that, that kept the Rams at number three, however, is the fact that they did have the three game-changing interceptions, um, and they, they did pack a, pick off Pat Mahomes uh, three separate times. So, I mean, they, they do get away with one there. Um Number two goes to the Carolina Panthers Week 10 defense, um, shellacked by the Steelers. Yeah, that was a rough outing. It was, that was, hard, it, was hard, it was hard to watch. They did nothing to stop Ben Roethlisberger. They did yeah, absolutely going, nothing. Yeah, beat the Steelers, get the Ravens back in. Oh, you suck. No, yeah, they were, they were awful, and then they were awful again this past week. Uh, the Panthers, uh, they got to find something to, to give them some hope. Something to, to believe in, something to, to get them going, because uh, this is not the Carolina Panthers team we expected. Um, they go out and just get destroyed by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and then last but not least, uh, number one goes to the Kansas City Chiefs Week 11 defense. No answer. No answers. 54 points put no on No turnovers. Them. It was just... Yeah, just a beating. Um, it, the, the defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. I mean, it was insane. Um Jared Goff, he didn't have – see, Jared Goff didn't have the touchdown day that Mahomes did, but Jared Goff still led his team 
He managed everything really well. Four touchdowns, no picks. He threw the ball around like a champ, broke 400 yards, um, got a lot of help from from uh, Todd Gurley and his running backs. I mean, Gurley didn't do a ton, but he still put up enough. The the way that both defensive play defenses defenses played, um, both offenses, the receivers could could have caught water with bare hands. Yeah, it was it was just ugly. Um, Josh Reynolds, Robert Woods, Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby, Brandon Cooks. I mean, they, they were just getting all kinds of help through the air. Um, Goff had himself a, just a hell of an outing. Um, and, and the Chiefs defense just looked abysmal. And I think the one thing that, that put them in that number one column as opposed to the Rams was the fact that they had no answers. And that's another thing, the reason why the Carolina Panthers were above the Rams. They had absolutely zero answers um, for that offense. So uh, number one goes to the Kansas City Chiefs defense uh, this week. And uh, with that, that would be the forgetful five. Um, and Tyler, we're going to go into news around the league in a minute here. And uh, yeah, we're ready to rock and roll. Are you excited to start talking about draft stuff, Tyler? Yeah, we're getting pretty close to that. We're getting close to it. We're going to start talking about some draft stuff. Got to talk some playoffs. Playoffs? We already kind of did. In the yeah, last a little bit. bit, yeah. But, I mean, we're going to have to talk a little bit of playoffs. We want to talk a little bit of kickers, uh, coaching stuff, a little bit of Aaron Rodgers, a little bit of your boy, Lamar Jackson. We'll talk about him. And uh, we'll be getting into that when we come back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at IYTMassage.com. It's your time massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am uh, your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with the um, titillating Tyler Dean. You didn't sound very confident. I'm, uh, uh, I'm I guess I'm your host. Yeah, uh, I guess. Uh, kind of. I don't know. Um, very, uh, not, not a whole ton of news in the NFL, but we do have some stuff we got to talk about here. Um, a lot of stuff we want to talk on. Um, first and foremost, Tyler, we, we got it. I know you've been excited about this. I'm, I'm excited to hear your take on this. I've been hearing a lot of, a lot of mumbling going on. A lot of people hooting and hollering. We kind of expected it. Um, so <clears throat> the first and foremost, John Harbaugh comes out and says that the Ravens' playoff aspirations are not dead. Um, and then you get to see Lamar Jackson come out and upset the, the Cincinnati Bengals 24-21 this past week. Now, I only consider it an upset because Lamar was playing. If, I, don't, um, I don't even know about all that. I mean, the, the Bengals have been playing good football. They've been running the division as of late, and now they, they've just lost their, gri- their grip on that division. Um, now they've been behind the division all year because Steelers have been in control of it. Well, the, Bengal, the Bengals were, were in first for a while there. The, the Steelers just recently took control of that division. Uh, two uh, weeks ago. Yeah. That's not very now, long. Now they're, like, now they're like two and a half games up in the whole division. Which is surprising to me. I'm, I'm surprised to see the Steelers went that route. But to see the, the Bengals, I mean, this to me, this was an upset. 
Even if Flacco's on the field, it's an upset. I feel like the Bengals have been playing better football than the Ravens have this year. Lately, yeah. And and, uh, and, and now it's even more an upset. Like you said, it's even more an upset with Lamar hanging around. Um, and he goes out and he plays, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say he played horrible football because he didn't play horrible football. But what I will say is that that I think people are getting a little excited and I think you feel the same way. Oh, I, I absolutely do. And uh, let me start with this. Um, a lot of people are giving Joe Flacco crap and the whole team crap for that, um, for losing three straight. Now, let me talk about those three games. For one, the defense, the offensive line was missing three of their five guys for those yeah. three games. And I'm going to list the three teams they lost to. Granted, one of the team has had a rough, rocky stretch of two games, but still a, a winning record. They've, they've played the uh, Steelers. Yeah. They've played the Saints. Mm-hmm. And they played the Panthers. Yep. Bam, bam, bam. Three really tough games, especially um, having a very Frankenstein-together offensive line. Yep. Three sure. tough games. And, and um, this, the Carolina Panthers have a hell of a uh, pass rush on top of all that. Yes. So to to pin this on Flacco, saying that Flacco's not going to get the job done he's out, and he's not proving it, I'm sorry. Before before that three-game stretch, before those injuries got offensive line, this team was 4-2. and two. Yep. This team was talking about being one of the best teams in the AFC. Uh, losing an offensive line can cripple the best of teams. And I'm not saying that the Ravens are this godly team. They're not. They, they, have, they have their issues. But the Ravens, I'm, I'm going to stand by, are a better team than what, than what we've seen the last four weeks, they're, given the injuries. They're better than their record shows, for sure. Yes. And, and I think that, that Joe Flacco um, not being – well, Joe Flacco not being there this past week, it kind of changed a lot of things for, for how the Ravens run their offense. But I think people need to understand that Joe Flacco, I mean, whether or not they, they want it or not, I mean, the fact is Joe Flacco's having a better year statistically than he's had in his entire career. This and, is, and especially so before those three, that three-game stretch when, oh yeah. when things got rough offensively. Yes, offensive line-wise. Definitely. Line wise. Um, you look at before that before the offensive line injuries, he was top five in yards, believe it or not. Um, but um, in injuries of offensive line, you talk you talk about how much it affects the run game. I'm sorry, it affects the quarterback too. Yeah, and people are are you know this this team hasn't had a, a consistent running back either. A lot of people are wondering, well, why is Joe Flacco not getting his wins and blah 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 blah. Well, Joe Flacco's doing his part. I think and, there's a lot of factors, a lot of guys that haven't been doing their part. Um, you know, nobody seems to be talking about this lack of running game that that we've been seeing. Um, this is the first hundred yard rusher that we've seen. Uh, was this past week and, and causing Joe to have to pass the ball, right? And and here's and here's here's another thing that um um fans kind of irritate me and sometimes that yeah um of course so uh, of course shocker um the Ravens had a healthy offensive line this week yeah of course Lamar was going to run over everybody mm. um I predicted it and um I predicted he was going to come out and have and have a great rushing game because he's still very unknown to the NFL. Yeah, and and he did. He had a, a great rushing game, and we see this all the time. Too. Yeah, and I, and I knew he wasn't going to have a great passing game. And in in a way, I mean, the the type of rushing game they had, they should have won by more, but they didn't because they didn't have a passing game yeah. at all. No, they you're didn't. not gonna you're not gonna do that to the Falcons in two weeks. You're not gonna do that to the Steelers or any of the playoff teams. You're not gonna do that to the Chiefs in three weeks. No, the Chiefs are gonna gonna roll right over and you, Lamar. You, you can, and I'm and. I'm um, I'm gonna pick the Chiefs to win regardless of who's a quarterback, but the the best chance they have to beat the Chiefs is with Joe Flacco behind the center. Yep, I I agree with you there. And and now, I saw I saw a comment on I um Fairweather fans are <laughs> oh yeah um every every team said, has them. It, the the comment was and I'm I'm paraphrasing. It was 
Just keep Lamar in. I know Flacco's better, but this season's over. At least the games are exciting. This season's not over. We're sitting at the sixth seed right now. Yeah. Obviously, we have. To, we went through our, our, our the toughest stretch of games. Falcons are beatable. We have Oakland this week. Um, yes, Chiefs, Chiefs and Chargers are going are going to be tough. I'm not saying they're not, but you're still the way the AFC is going. You're you're going to be allowed to lose those two games and and be fine. Yeah, and and I think that the the Ravens are still very much in the discussion for for playoffs right now. I, I think that that everybody needs to you know this is one of those situations where everybody needs to calm down. People those those middle of the road on the cusp type of teams they're they're still sitting there and and people are starting to go into panic mode. We're seeing a lot of it. We're in and we're seeing it. You know, every year we see this those those middle of the road teams. Well, we need to change this or we need to change that. No, you need to calm down because you don't know what's going to happen. And and we're we're seeing that um, not only in Baltimore, but we're also seeing it out of teams like the Eagles, out of teams like the Vikings, out of teams like the Packers, out of teams. I mean, there's there's a lot of teams that are are suffering this type of uh, difficulty, and and uh, you know, fans just have this tendency, especially the fans of those specific teams are that are in the middle of the in the middle of the pack. They're looking at the five and six seed. We need to change this. We need to change that. Well, we need to take this quarterback out, put this quarterback in. Oh, we never should have paid this quarterback. Um, right now, you're seeing it in Minnesota. Right now, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, you shouldn't have paid Kirk Cousins um, the 28 million," and I, I strongly disagree with that. Um, but it, there's, there's, to me, Lamar is not going to be the guy in Baltimore. I think if you keep him in a, a couple more weeks, he's going to get hammered so silly. That he's not going to be able to control himself. Because here's something, and I, I I know I have a little bit of biases, but I, I don't think I'm I'm completely in left field here. Here are the teams that are all in the realm of grabbing that six seed. I I believe Chargers have a lock on the five. Oh yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna tie that away. Gone. It's it's settled. Here are the teams that are fighting for the six seed. All either five and five or four and six. The Ravens, the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Colts, the Titans, the Broncos. I, I still believe that the Ravens are potentially the best team of this bunch. Mm -hmm. I, I think you're, you're with, looking with the at Bengals a, right on the, on their tail. Yeah, you're looking at a three way five, a three way pissing match there between the the Bengals, the Ravens, and the Colts. And the Colts. I, I I believe the Colts um have a strong chance to take. They're 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 now tied for the sixth seed. Mm, yeah, the Colts could take it. I wouldn't be surprised. But I I um even if you believe that the Bengals and the Colts are better teams than the Ravens, um it's not by a big margin. No, not at all. What the Ravens have going for them is that defense. Um, yes, the Colts and the Bengals have a better offense right now. Bengals not so much without AJ. Yeah, but um, but the defense is what give the defense. I mean, that's not even a comparison. Ravens have a of a a far better defense than, than uh, Bengals and Colts. The, the Ravens has still have one of the top defenses in the league. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and the two weeks against the Titans and the Bills, yes, that <coughs> that inflated the Ravens' defensive numbers a bit. I, oh, definitely. I, I, I will admit that. They're, they're not the number one defense, but they're still a very scary defense. Yeah, they, they were the number one defense for a while, but, you know, seeing those two games as compared to the teams they, sh they could be taking on, <laughs> that, that made it a, a little bit of a skewed number. But even, and then still getting through the Steelers and the, and the Panthers and the Saints – um, Saints, by the way, again they sh they could they I'm not gonna say should have won, but at least should have gone a lot closer going to overtime with. But uh, they're still sitting as one of two teams that have allowed less than 200 yards or 200 total points scored on them. Yep. They're they're still a team that's not allowing a lot of points. Yeah. To me, Lamar Jackson is is he is the Colin Kaepernick of the Ravens right now. 
He he's the kind of guy who is a, a very much a system guy. He's he, he's not count, he's not even Colin Kaepernick. He's he's playing out of a system though, and that's the thing. You know, you're going to hear all these people yell and scream. Oh, look at his numbers! Look at his numbers! Oh my gosh, look at his numbers! I see 150 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. Yeah, and but you're going to see all these people say, look at those rushing numbers and all this other nonsense. And what I'm going to tell them is, Colin Kaepernick was a system guy. He performed well in the Jim Harbaugh system. Jim Harbaugh left, and he did nothing. Now take a look at Lamar. He's he's running. They're basically running a system that's very comparable to Jim Harbaugh's system right now because of his his skill set or lack thereof, and he's being successful in that. So I mean, is Lamar going to be the answer long term? No, I think you're going to see fans calling for his head. He's kind of the second coming of RG three to me. But um, you know, we know as well you know as well as I do, running quarterbacks don't survive in the NFL. That's Unless just what you it is. modify your game. I'm looking at you, Newton and, and Russell Wilson. Yep, and that's it. Running quarterbacks don't survive in the NFL. Injuries pile up. I, I expect if if Lamar stays in at quarterback, I expect him to get hammered in a few weeks and, and, and be down. Did, before did you the see the highlights? Season. Almost every one of those twenty seven carries, he got hit. Oh yeah, he got blasted. The guy doesn't know how to slide. No, he doesn't. He doesn't know how to slide. I, I, I don't know if he doesn't. He doesn't know how. Just he doesn't think he should. Yeah. And did it open up different things for for the Ravens in the running attack? Absolutely, it did. And you can't deny that. The numbers don't lie in that situation. But the fact of the matter is, is he's a running quarterback. He's going to wind up getting blasted. Now, I will. I will agree. Maybe that opens up. Maybe you should bring Lamar into the game a little more often. But just because he's in the game doesn't mean you have to. Use him because defenses are going to catch on to that. Right. So, um, and and staying on the the quarterback wagon here, we got a lot of quarterback things going on here. Um, first and foremost, let's talk about uh, uh, Andrew Luck. Is he back? Is he large and in charge? Is absolutely. It, is this the um, Andrew he's Luck? Been a, he's been on a t- he's been on a quiet tear. You know, he's not in MVP talks, but um, but he's been on a tear the last uh, eight weeks or so. He's been going crazy. Um. Colts are now four and five. They're 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 five seven, and five. Five and five rather. They're they're in the the um, uh, playoff talk. Uh, really, Andrew Luck has looked like the Andrew Luck of old. He's got a little bit of protection. He's got a few more weapons around him. Guys are starting to play up to up to par. T. Y. Hilton's blowing up. I like what Andrew Luck is doing here. Um, do do you think Andrew Luck is? So you're you're saying he's back right now? First of all. He, here's his stats right here. Through the year, he's got 2,700 yards already, 29 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, great average there, and, and 101.8 yep. QBR. He started the year off kind of slow. I mean, he had the 319 yards against the Bengals. Then he dropped down to 179 and 164 against the Eagles. Um, pretty low totals there. He did have a low total against a, a very good Bills defense. Let's face facts. I mean, as much as we the Bills have stunk this year, their defense has still been very, very good. Um, but luck. I mean, touchdown wise, he played a, a game managing because he only put up 156 yards in that game against the Bills. Right, four touchdowns. He, he game managed very well. Yes, he did. Um, he's got he's got the 29 touchdowns. He only has nine picks, which I think is pretty good. He's got a 101 rating. The shining um, star to me is that game against Texans. Texans a very good defense. He put up 464 yards and four touchdowns, no picks. And yeah, he's he's a, a great quarterback, and and it shows what what can happen when you get him a little bit of protection. They haven't had an offensive line over there, Quentin. Nelson comes in uh, out of the draft, and they get a little uh, bit of protection for Andrew Luck. And he starts just coming alive, especially recently. Like I said, he started off slow. He had a 93 rating, 77 rating, 79 rating. 
He had a 108 against the Texans, and he had 84 and 77. But the last four games, his quarterback rating went to 131, 125, 123, 143. And, and he looks like he's on pace to uh, to uh, beat his uh, his uh, record uh, season touchdown record as well. Yeah, he's only 11 touchdowns away from that. But he is on pace for it won't be his highest interception year, but he's he's gonna pass his lowest set there. But He's, he's, he's playing good ball. Yep, and, and Andrew Luck, I mean, we, we knew he was going to be a star in this league. He's 29 years old, getting ready to hit 30 here on September 12th. Um, and, and to be honest with you, I, I, as you and I, are, we have both said very, very passionately that we are card-carrying members of the Andrew Luck fan club. Um, I personally, I would love to see Andrew Luck just kind of bounce back from a couple of bad years. Um, now that he's got the protection, like I said, he's not as, as – in the last couple of years, he's been hurt. It's been a lot of injuries because of the lack of protection, and that's been what's been killing him. Um, but now he's he's getting it together and coming around. Um, now, speaking of hurt quarterbacks, we're, we're talking on the quarterback wagon. Uh, you got Marcus Mariota. He did suffer a stinger against the Colts. How badly does this affect the Tennessee Titans and Marcus Mariota? The guy's been playing hurt like almost all year. I mean, he's he's been quietly playing, having a good season. Um, I, I think Mariota not being there is going to take them out of this uh, very, very tight playoff race for the sixth seed because, like I said, the five seed's locked up. Yeah. Um, Tennessee's a, a, a good team. They're a very, very good team. Um, I, I like what, what Marcus Mariota has been able to do in spite of the fact that he's been hurt. Um, I think he's he's been quietly good. Um, has he been great? No, but he's been good. He's been a serviceable quarterback. He's been a good game manager. I think over time, Marcus Mariota is going to continue to develop into something special. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, um, kind of an interesting little animal there. Uh, does it kill the Titans if, if Mariota's out? Yes. Yeah, I think so too. Um, along those same lines, we also have, Mar uh, Mitchell Trubisky suffered a soul, uh, shoulder injury to his throwing shoulder, um, this past week against the, uh, the Vikings. He didn't practice today. Um. Uh, you know, he, he's it, it doesn't mean that it's something serious, but they might pull him out of that Detroit Lions game for Thanksgiving uh, this Thursday. Uh, I mean, I, 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 does it kill the Bears? To, do the Lions win this game if Mitchell if Trubisky, Trubisky isn't here? can't go, the Lions win this game. <clears throat> and that's kind of what I'm thinking. The Lions pulled out a, a little uh, one-banger there against uh, Carolina, and I think they could do the same thing against Chicago if Mitchell Trubisky isn't in this game. Um, Chase Daniel would wind up being the starter there if uh, if Trubisky isn't in. Which I'm I'm sorry, I don't think Chase Daniel's that bad of a quarterback. And this is probably a uh, probably the total of the fourth time that you've ever done this. But this, you're probably rooting for the Lions here. I am to get your, get the Vikings back in the mix. I am. I'm rooting for the Lions here. Um, you know, I I want the Vikings to to get back. You know, to stay alive in this division. Um, yeah, it's the only way they're stay alive. Saturday night matchup really hurt those chances. Yeah, I, I want them to stay alive, and we'll get on that in a second here. Um, but, uh, you know, now perhaps the biggest injury of them all, uh, the, the most gruesome Washington. injury, um, Alex Smith uh, down with a nasty injury, breaks his, what, tibula and fibula? Was that? He was, yes, right. You know, yeah, right. breaks breaks his, I mean, very similar to Joe Theismann, a lot of similar, weird similarities it's to that. It's creepy. To the day. Like, like, you remember, like, you remember, like, you, like you, you see that weird thing on Facebook, oh, um, uh, the, the similarity between the assassinations of uh, Lincoln and Kennedy. Yeah, like, like, yeah. Like, like, but this is this like that. So it happened on the same day, same injury, same yard line, same team. Jesus. Played for the same team. Yeah. 
And same final score. The <coughs> only difference is um, Washington won the game with the Theismann. But yeah, no, very very creepy, very but very gruesome. No, yeah, the the injury. No, the Theismann injury though. When I when I watch the Theismann injury, I always watch um, uh, when when LT comes out there and blasts him, and you see it happen. Theismann leg, his leg kind of collapsed. And, and, and I think the difference here is, so it's the same injury, so it's just as gruesome. I think the Theismann injury gave us a way better view and a way better angle. Yeah, I mean, when you when you got to watch the the Alex Smith in slow-mo, though, you can tell that the break comes more as a, uh, a mangle as opposed to a snap. Um, you can tell the Theismann's, Theismann's injury was a pressure break, and you can tell it was a pressure break. Um, Alex Smith's was more or less, uh, the best way I can liken it to is if, if you got run over by a car, that, that would be, cause that's what it looked like. It looked like the, the guy was going over him and his leg was just getting mangled underneath the, the, the players. And it, it was just, it was gross. It was gruesome. It was ugly looking. Um, and, and best wishes to Alex Smith out there. I mean, I know he doesn't probably listen, but still. I hope he comes back. Yeah, I, you know, I do. I, I hope he's he comes a, back. He's a good underrated quarterback. I'm not saying he's very a Hall of Fame type quarterback, but he's been a very consistent quarterback. Yes. Um, I I believe that Alex Smith would have a Super Bowl ring if they did, if they would if he would have played the Super Bowl against the Ravens instead of Kaepernick. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I think Alex Smith has proved to be a great quarterback, and uh, it's a shame he doesn't have that ring. Um, he 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 plays great ball. I I like Alex Smith a lot. Yep, he he when he gets a good good quarterback type coach, he he plays good football. And I think Andy Reid really elevated his game when he was over he's, there. He's a whisperer. Yep, I, quarterbacks and running backs. Yep, and and Alex Smith. I mean, like I said, hopefully he gets better. I'd like to see him make a comeback. That would be a a really great story. Um, really great stories. Uh, Ryan Tannehill returning to uh, start off here. Um, he'll be on his way back. So we won't see any more Brock Osweiler. Is this a good thing for the Dolphins? Yes. And, and now Osweiler hasn't had bad numbers. No, he's looked all right. <clears throat> he's, he's been a serviceable quarterback over there. I can't sit there and crap on Brock Osweiler like I did when he was at the Texans because Brock Osweiler has actually been playing pretty good football. Um, decent numbers. Is Tannehill the better quarterback? Mm, debatable. Yeah. Debatable. I think he is. Um, does, does this mean Miami turns around? Does Miami turn it around and start becoming the Miami Dolphins that we saw at the beginning of the football year? Uh, I'm not going to go that far. They had a very hot start. Yep. I, I think they're still in the decline. I think they're going to fall out of the playoff race. But I think Tannehill's going to do his best to keep them going. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, well, let's hope. And also, um, on that quarterback wagon, Josh Allen is set to return on Sunday from his injury. Um, Start Barkley. Yeah, I mean Barkley. Uh, Barkley didn't do half bad. Man, I, what do you mean half bad? He, he, they clobbered the Jets. Uh, he didn't do bad. I mean, and he the thing is, he didn't put up monster numbers or anything like that. He was a game managing type of quarterback. Um, but here's the here's the kicker about about this whole thing. I messaged you that Barkley was starting. Do you remember that? I sent you the article that Barkley is starting. And we were all laughing our asses off, just dying. Oh, this is going to be a joke, and this is going to be. Barkley goes out there and they put up a forty yeah, burger on the Jets. Yeah, we're talking about bills. Make sure you do that one next. Like <coughs> I got, I got a statement. Oh, as well. yep. And then, <laughs> no, you're right. We we did laugh about that. One. We laughed about that one, and we also kind of laughed about this one. Um, you guys, I was right. You were absolutely right. Terrell Pryor gets did picked up by the bills. Did not see a snap at quarterback. Did not see a snap at quarterback. <laughs> Terrell Pryor gets picked up by the bills. Gets released by the bills. 
He's long gone. Uh, you were absolutely right. Um, I was hoping that he was going to see the snap shot. It, it would have been funny, but I just uh, I, I, there's a reason why he transitioned from quarterback to receiver. And it's, it was not a good quarterback. It was the hope. I was just I was keeping my fingers crossed in the situation. I mean, if there's any team that could have happened, it would have been the Bills. It would have. Yeah, and and I mean they've had this this kind of quarterback wagon going on here. Um, but uh, and and then we also have the former Bill Ryan Fitzpatrick once again getting pulled over there in Tampa. Winston James remember, Winston remember the game, back uh, in hot potato. Yeah, hot potato. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> that's that's what it is in Buccaneers. <laughs> it's it's awful. I, I I've been I I don't understand the logic. Somebody's getting fired. At the end of the year, someone's getting fired. The coaching staff is getting fired. Everyone. Yeah, I mean, to me right now, if if I'm the Tampa Bay Buccaneers front office, I'm going. Coach is going. GM's going. Quarterbacks are going, offensive coordinator going. That's the I'm going all four, and I'm saying get the Screw hell out of here. In the city. Yeah, if you can't get your life together in that and and figure out who your quarterback is, and I mean they, <clears throat> I feel like there's been like a lot of knee jerk reactions. I understand we want success now. I get it. We we everybody wants success now, 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 now. But at the same time, people have to understand that certain things take time, and certain players are going to have bad games. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Had two really hot games, had a bad game in week three, and then out of nowhere he's getting pulled. And then Jameis is in. And then ever since then, they've been gone back and forth between Jameis and Fitzpatrick over and over and over again every time one of them has a bad game. They just need to get it together, understand that bad games are going to happen, they can't win them all, and they're going to go out there and just do what they can and, and better the situation the following week. And Tampa Bay hasn't done that. Every time they in the middle of a game, they'll, they'll go into halftime. Oh, but here's the, oh, the so-and-so's having a bad game. Oh, to hell with it. Let's put Jameis in. It doesn't work like that. Not in the NFL. Not anywhere. Get your life together. The only other time that's going to happen is Sam Bradford getting pulled and Case Keenum getting put in. That's the the only time I've seen that successful. Am I wrong? You're you're right. Well, I mean, other than maybe like like Kurt Warner trotting onto the field when when Trent Green went down with an injury and Brady, but well, we're talking benching, <clears throat> not injuries. Yeah, right? we're talking benching here. Yeah, you're right. Um, well. I don't guess in a way. I think it's more of a system thing. But if you ask any news outlet, they're 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 going to they're going to consider <coughs> Kaepernick um, coming in and no, Alex, Alex Smith. Well, actually, um, for the Alex Smith situation, Kaepernick has not been signed, and in his place, Mark Sanchez has been signed um, over there in in Washington. So, um. Is the Tony Banks uh, Trent Dilfer one worth bringing up as a, uh, uh, a successful? Uh, I mean, kinda. I, I guess maybe. I mean, but, Dilfer um, didn't really get the job done either. No, because that one, like, I I know you like to you like to put um how the strong Raven defense in twenty twelve for get the job done, but yeah, it was three times the case in two thousand. I think uh, yeah. that Ray Lewis driven defense, uh, very in his prime, Ray Lewis, <laughs> that 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 <clears throat> drove that and and. Uh, Tony Banks and Dilfer, they, they were there like, hey, I'm here, let's do this. Yeah, I, I became a quarterback today. Um, and so now that brings me to um, one of the larger quarterback situations out here. Um, so I've been hearing a lot of nonsense since Sunday night about how Kirk Cousins got paid too much money and how Kirk Cousins didn't deserve the $28 million. And how Kirk Cousins hasn't been performing up to snuff. Kirk, Kirk Cousins is having a good year. He's been having a um, top five year. The defense is letting him down a bit. A bit. Um, um, I, Dalvin Cook is letting the team down. I, you know what I think is letting the team down, and, and people are, are overlooking it, 
that offensive line is a mess. And I've been saying this since the beginning of the year, that the offensive line in Minnesota is a mess. Am I wrong? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I said that they were a mess. I, I mean, at, <clears throat> at what point did putting uh, uh, Danny Isadora in as your starting guard become a good idea? I mean, really? At what point did, did that become smart? At, at what point did did moving right Mike Remmers from tackle to guard become a smart idea? That offensive line <clears throat> has been atrocious all year long. And uh, I, I can't, in good conscience, I can't sit here and blame Kirk Cousins for, for that trouble. Uh, you know, I, I just can't. I can't. Yeah, he's he's seventh in total yards. Um, he's uh probably eighth in in touchdowns. Yeah, um, he's, he's got he's thrown the seven eight. interceptions. He's he's having a good year. He's it's not quite top five. He's right in the outskirts. Right, but still, you how can you complain about that? Um, especially when you got backup quarterbacks um making fifteen lanes sometimes. Yeah. Um, I mean, you you got to see Sam Bradford go out there and and make big money. Why yeah. why why is he making big money? Unfortunately, um, twenty-eight, thirty million is just where the league's going. Yeah, I mean, um, people you, people still complain about oh, Joe Flacco is making twenty, like twenty million is nothing anymore, guys. Calm down. Yeah, I mean, and you got to think of the Vikings. I mean, I disagree with it, but it's it's in reality. The the Vikings have had injuries on their offensive line all year long. Mike Remmers has been hurt. Nick Easton has been hurt. Pat Alfline's been hurt. Um, Riley Reef has been hurt. And and they they're coming out, and they're still the fact that they're still in the playoff race to me says a lot about the Vikings. Um and it and it says a lot about, you know, uh, uh the type of team that this is. The the fact that they're still out there fighting, the fact that they're still in the playoff race. I mean they they haven't given up as many sacks as everybody planned on them giving up. I can give them that. And they're still in the playoffs. <coughs> they're still in the playoffs. There's yeah they're, they're still in the playoffs. They're in the high board and one. And and ah I, I I can't uh, I can't sit there and blame Kirk Cousins. I can't. You got to protect I, the guy. I'm with you on this. You got to protect the guy. You, if, you, if the guy's not protected, how do you expect to win? Tom Compton's a good player. He's the kind of guy you're going to want in here. Pat Elfline's a good player. He's the kind of guy you're going to want on that line. But beyond that, I'm not really sold on anybody. You mean to tell me I'm supposed to be sold on Rashad Hill? Rashad yeah. Hill, the the un the the, the lousy. Uh, a piece of garbage that has been in this league for three years that hasn't played worth crap. And I'm supposed to believe that Rashad Hill is my starting offensive tackle. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm supposed to uh, depend on that guy to protect my blind side. No, you, you can't do that. He's the guy that you have replacing Riley Reed. It's time to go into the draft. It's time to draft some offensive linemen. It's time to, time to start doing your job. <clears throat> and Anthony Barr grossly underperformed this year. Anthony Barr, he's getting paid $12 million, and I don't understand why. The man has stunk for, for the first four weeks of the year, and now he's been hurt for two weeks. And I'm supposed to believe that Anthony Barr is an elite linebacker that deserves buku dollars. Absolutely not. See you later, Barr. Have a nice day. Yeah, because you know he's going to be looking for a big contract. Absolutely. He's looking for 15-plus. George Aloka has outperformed him at, at linebacker this year. And George Aloka is supposed to be a safety. I mean, really. I mean, and, uh, Anthony Harris has played good ball. 
I mean, they've got a good, a decent secondary. His contract was <clears throat> twelve mil over four years, about three mil a year. So I mean, for that he's playing what he should get, but if, and he, but for what he's wanting, he's he's not worth that. No, absolutely not. But he's looking for a twelve million dollar contract. Yeah, that's what he's looking for. I I missed that. Well, it was it was twelve mil over over four years, but his final base salary is twelve million for this year. He's making twelve million dollars for his age twenty six year. So I mean, <clears throat> he's going to be looking for a fifteen million dollar contract. Yeah, without a doubt. I, I mean, mean, and he's not I worth it. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't pay him that kind of money. Anthony Barr is is has not played well. Ben Gideon has out, how, outplayed him. How did he get him. that much of a boost for this year? Did they, did, did they tag him? No, it's his fifth option, fifth year option. Ah, uh, okay. He's a first rounder, fifth year option. He went number nine overall. I mean, <clears throat> so to me, it's see you later, Anthony Barr, and and save yourself the twelve million dollars and call it a day. And and he's been this year's most disappointing player, and I I completely agree with that assessment from people. So I mean, I, and and now you've got uh, injuries all throughout that secondary. You you really do. You got Anderson Deo who's been hurt. You got Mike Hughes who went out with an ACL tear. I mean, you got Dalvin Cook who's been who's been, you know, you you've basically been running Latavius Murray because Dalvin Cook can't stay healthy and stay on the field. And Dalvin Cook when he's been out there hasn't really been much of a factor as it is. Because he has no offensive line. No, and and the thing is though is Latavius Murray's been outperforming him in, in in comparable games. Oh yeah, because Latavius Murray has been able to control the ball. You see stupid mistakes. I I I've two games in a row. Dalvin Cook has had a fumble. And it's more. I think it's more of Murray's more of a bruising back to where he can kind of fight his way through a bad line and gain some extra yards. And Dalvin Cook's it's not. He's a, a finesse guy. Yeah, that's exactly so what he when is. When he gets hit, he's done. Murray can fight for yards. Right. So, I mean, to me, the Vikings need to start fixing, number one, fixing the offensive line. Number two, they need to find a new linebacker. Number three, they need to find another corner. Um, you got a lot of players on that, as far as corners go, that have not been living up to their end of the deal. Um, I'm tired of this stuff where we're blaming Kirk Cousins for doing his job. I, I'm with you on this. Nothing, nothing should, this should have nothing to do with Kirk Cousins. No, not at all. So, I mean, this, this is this – is, you know, if you, if you want to blast anybody, blast the front office for not getting the offensive line at, uh, together. Um, and, and now the Vikings are looking at a game against Green Bay um, after the Bears hammered them on Sunday night. Um, now, a lot of people are saying that this right here, because of the, <clears throat> the current records and the current situation in the NFC North, people are saying that this is an elimination game. Do you think that the team that loses this game winds up being eliminated from the playoffs? If Green Bay loses, yes. Yeah. If Minnesota loses, no. Minnesota right now is the sixth seed. Even if they lose they'll, with the tie, they'll be a half game out. That, um, that would put them at nine, six, and one. If they, if they that'll if get they, it. That'll, if they swept the seed, that'll get them in. I believe it will. Yeah, and that, that would be. No, they put them at nine, five, and they're five and four and one. So I put them nine, five, and one. Are they at five, four? Uh, so they, they, yeah, if they, they, they were to win out, they, they could still go ten, five, and one. Yeah, I mean they they would have to to win out. Yeah, Minnesota's <clears throat> definitely they can they can still afford to lose this, this week. Do you want to? Absolutely no, not. absolutely not. Um, say that loss for later in the season, but this is an elimination game for Green Bay. Yes, no doubt. Um, but to to that point, I'm going to say I, you'll probably agree with me, but at this point, I wouldn't be looking at the Vikings winning the division. I wouldn't be looking. at I the think Vikings the division is out of reach. Obviously, there's enough games where that could change. Right, but are they? They're two and a half games out. Yes. Yeah, I, I think that I think the division's out of reach. The uh, yeah. Bears game, 
to me, clinch that um, unofficially for the Bears. The, the only way that, that the Vikings can can really come back from this the is the Trubisky if, injury. <clears throat> yeah, if, 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 if that the, lingers for long term. If Trubisky is out this week and the Lions pick off a win, and then the Vikings go out and they, they manage to top the Packers, if, they, if the Vikings go out and manage to top the Packers this upcoming week, um, you're looking at a potential shot of the Vikings going with this division here. Do you Vikings, guys have Bears one more time? They got the Bears one more time okay. later this the, season. Uh, okay, that, then, yes, I agree. If if the Bears drop and the Vikings can win, with still having the Bears, I would say yes. Yep, they, they still, still have a possible, shot. possible, but it really depends on that injury for Trubisky and what they do this weekend. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they have a couple of division games. They still got one. They got the Packers this week. They got one more against the Lions, one more against the Bears. So we're, we're going to see a, <clears throat> a fun little finish here as long as the Vikings can kind of get their lives together and, and play a ball. Um, speaking of getting their lives together in that game, uh, Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy seem to uh, be at odds here. All the rumors are pointing toward McCarthy leaving the Packers at the end of the season, possibly going to the Cleveland Browns as well, their starting head coach. You've heard uh, this talk even during the offseason. You, mm-hmm. you had originally thought that uh, – It'd be Rodgers that would be leaving because of his uh, dissension with McCarthy. But now that um, Rodgers has his extension, right, and uh, some of the questionable decisions that Mike McCarthy's made, I believe it'll be Mike that ends up being gone. And the Browns are a potential option. Um, I think another option is uh, so. Assuming that would still happen, isn't happening. I disagree with it happening. Mm. I'm assuming that John Harbaugh gets fired. <clears throat> a lot of people are saying that that John Harbaugh could could be uh, SOL at the end. I, of the I disagree with it. I think it, 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 the issues they've had are out of his control. Yeah. But assuming that both those coaches are in the market, I think you're looking at the Browns' as potential, and you're looking at the Broncos. Yep, Broncos. Uh, I think are going to be wide open at the end of this year as well. Um, you, it, it's it's going to be a, kind of a, a that coaching carousel that we see every year. You're going to see them all kind of floating around and and going to their their. Uh, new homes here. Um, <clears throat> one guy that you won't see moving around, though, because all of his money is guaranteed is John Gruden. <laughs> Even if he does get fired, he can still, he can still get paid. And, uh, it's like a ten, that's a 10-year contract, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> Gruden and Carr. His first year. Like... <clears throat> Gruden and Carr are having themselves sideline altercations now. Um, we, we wanted to talk about the draft stuff a little bit, and I think this is a good moment for well, it. Did, no. Didn't someone grab Gruden by the neck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gruden... Um, so the Raiders are, are you know, they, they've got the three draft picks. They're sitting on the bottom of the NFL right now. Um, what do you think, because of all these sideline altercations between Derek Carr and John Gruden, what do you think the chances are of the Raiders dumping Derek Carr and going after Justin Herbert or Drew Locke at this point? Um, as much as I want to jump on the bandwagon and say that Gruden will do it, I think he would. I think he would. I believe that the uh... – Higher ups are going to, will prevent that. From happening. Yeah, I, I think they like Derek Carr. I think, much. I think they'll put their foot down in that one. I but mean, but the rumors are swirling at this particular particular moment. Oh, and and, I, and those rumors are going to swirl until uh, until draft's over mm-hmm. because of uh, Wild Man Gruden just doing what he wants. And yeah, um, um, I, I want a Super Bowl with with sticks and stones. We're going to do the same thing this time. Yeah, and and that's what I think is is kind of going on. I think John Gruden. Um, you know he's a nut job. I think we all realize he's a nut job. But, you know, it, the fact of the matter is is Justin Herbert and Drew Locke are the two top quarterbacks out there um, in the draft, and, and I think that they're they're kind of looking at, at those two quarterbacks. Um, and, and it's going to be an interesting little animal. You know there's been some dissension in the ranks. We've already heard rumors of, of the Derek Carr potentially earlier on before the trade deadline going to the Giants. And <clears throat> now we're, we're hearing about uh, – 
Now we're hearing about Justin Herbert and Drew Locke. I, I'm wondering if if this Raiders team is going to jump at that opportunity to get a new young franchise quarterback, send Drew, uh, Derek Carr out the door, get another draft pick for the following year, and just kind of go with it. You know, it, that could very well happen. And, and it, it would actually kind of make sense with the way that John Gruden is doing things. He's getting a lot of first-rounders. He's going younger. We seem to, to be seeing that, especially this year with the trades for Amari Cooper and then dumping Bruce Irvin and then the trade for Khalil Mack. And, and you know, he's collecting first-round draft picks. And he's getting a young nucleus for this team. And I think he's found some sort of way to put a – I, I mean, it, <clears throat> going to hockey for a second, it reminds me of the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, you know, almost a decade ago when the Blackhawks had a young, fast, quick team. They made it all the way to the, the Eastern Conference Finals. So now you're talking about, you know, uh, uh, John Gruden kind of coming up with a new, young, fast team that's going to be able to to be a contender in the NFL. This could be something really special that we're seeing, or it could be a complete you know, joke. We don't, we don't know what we're going to get out of this draft situation. I'm going to throw a conspiracy theory out there. Okay. I hate these in the NFL because I never want to believe they're true because it exposes them <clears> to being <throat> sort of fake. Yeah. I don't want to believe that, but you never know. Right. What's the what's the possibility here that this is a big rouse between the Raiders, Gruden, and uh, Goodell when they go to Vegas? This is not the Oakland Raiders you know. This is a brand new team, and it's just literally a brand new fucking team. I mean, it could be. <clears throat> I mean, no Gruden or um, no Carr, no Mac, no Cooper, and we're not the Raiders anymore. We're not the Raiders of the old. We're the Las Vegas brothels. Wouldn't <laughs> surprise me. Yeah, exactly. But um, realistically, I mean, the Raiders. Uh, it's going to be a wild situation. If I, I you mark my words, and and you you got to remember, Khalil Mack also garnered them. First rounder for this year, first rounder for next year, first rounder for after that, right? Was that the case? I think that was. Um, might have been a third rounder for the third year. But in any case, he's collected first round draft picks. He got three first rounders <clears throat> for this year and two for the next year. Yeah. So, I mean, so they, three they've gained. Three they've gained. And then, and yeah. So, and two of their own. Two, yeah. And and so, next, I mean, think about it. You dump Derek Carr, you get a first rounder for the following, and then you get a first rounder the year after that. I mean, you're looking in pretty good shape. Here's what I'm going to say. Um, we've seen enough quarterbacks come in and, and bust. Mm. Take what works. Derek Carr's a good quarterback. Just give him help. Yeah, give him some help. And, and he doesn't have any real weapons over there. I mean, he does have Brian over there, but Brian is grossly underperformed. Who's also hurt right now. <clears throat> He's also hurt. Jordy Nelson, underperformed. He's basically done. Um, I, you got to get the guy some help. Got to get him some love over there. Um, and so to me, and in that same division over here, to me, you've got another horrible quarterback situation with with uh, uh, the Broncos, and uh, Keenan Allen went on um, on record in spite of the fact that the Chargers lost to the Broncos and said, "Don't give them too much credit. The Broncos suck." This is gonna sound harsh, um, Keenan. Don't be To. Don't be Chad Johnson. Yeah. Suck it up. Take the loss. You're a great football team this year. Don't don't be an ass. You lost. Move on. Play better next week. Keenan Allen, I, I don't think he's 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 played all right ball. He's a good he's a good football player, but he hasn't lived up to the expectations over the course of the last three or four years now with all the injuries he's had. Last year, last two seasons he's been great. I don't know if he's been great. Fourteen hundred yards. I don't know if he's been great. Fourteen hundred yards is really good. I, I don't think did he have fourteen hundred yards? I believe year? it was. 
Keaton Allen, he's, he's had a lot of injuries, a lot of, a lot of you know, years of being put out. Um, <clears throat> but in any case, I mean, Keenan Allen says that the Broncos suck. I, I agree that the Broncos suck. I'm surprised that they, they put one yeah, over. Yeah, 13.93. Okay. I'm surprised that they put one over on, on the uh, the Chargers this year. It does surprise me, too. But, I mean, that's something you'd hear from, like, T.O. or somebody just um, yeah. shit on a team that just beats you. What, what does that say about yourself? Yep. Take the loss. Move on. Be better next week. You are better. Yes, yeah. you, you're. I mean, your, if, your team is better. If that's the point you're trying to prove that you 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 guys are better than Broncos, yes, you're right. You had a bad day, but don't. I mean, you, you can't. There's nothing you can say. You lost. Right. You you lost, and and you know we we always hear all this this trash talk about teams that aren't doing well. One guy that we always seem to hear from is Jalen Ramsey. Uh, you know, so this is getting as bad as the Le'Veon Bell situation, the Jags Jalen Ramsey situation. Um. The Jags go out, and uh, the 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 rumor was that the Jacksonville Jaguars were talking about trading Jalen Ramsey. Then the Jags came out and posted something saying we are not exploring the option of trading Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey then goes out and posts tweets that they're exploring options <laughs> of trading him. Um, if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, Jalen Ramsey is he comes off the one great year, severely underperforms this year, gets smoked in several games. Do you think about trading Jalen Ramsey? Do you call it a down year? Do you maintain him? What do you What do you do in that situation? Call it a down year. Call it a frustrating year for the team as a whole. I I think uh, trading him is a uh, what we've been calling a knee jerk reaction of, yeah. of things. I I think trading him would be a mistake. Yeah. Um. He's still young. He's still very good. I think he the defense is just uh, not performing the way it was. And I'm not going to put it all on Ramsey. I think I think it's defensive as a whole. I think uh, you keep, I don't think, you keep Ramsey. I don't think Bouye's performed. Um. They they. <clears throat> they they let Fowler go out the door, um, you know. I, I there, there's a lot of things that are that are wrong with this defense right now. There's a lot of things wrong with this football team right now, particularly at the quarterback situation, and particularly at uh, and really they got problems at receiver. They they didn't do anything to alleviate the loss of their their big one two punch in Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns. Jacksonville's. I mean, I, it, it's amazing to see a team go from. AFC Championship to rebuilding so quick. But the NFL is made for quick turnaround like that. So because of that, that's kind of what we're seeing here. We're seeing a team that went from AFC Championship to rebuild because they failed to be proactive about things that were going wrong with two, the football Two team. of your four championship teams are have losing records. Yep. One of one of your of the other two are fighting for a playoff spot. Yes. And one is in low. New England's gonna be just fine. Yeah, oh, for um, sure. It just goes to show, like they, they always joke around, like every every playoff season, six teams will be brand new and six will be will be out from the previous year. You're kind of seeing that. Yeah, and and you don't see that often. Um, kind of an interesting situation. Um, and uh, we also had a corner. We had a couple of corners. Um, speaking of blasting people, Malcolm Jenkins blasts the Eagles' demeanor this past week um, after getting leveled by the New Orleans Saints, says that they, they didn't come to play, saying that they didn't care, um, saying that they, they had no heart, basically. Um, do the Eagles have no heart anymore? Are they done? The Eagles left their heart in February. Yeah. Are they still ride a Super Bowl high? Um, I don't think they're playing with nearly as much urgency as they did last year. Um, maybe Carson Wentz is still nervous about his, about – coming off that injury still. This team isn't the same team, not even close. No, I think they're done. 
I, I think they're done. I think their season's over. I, I don't think they have the guts that they had before. And, um, yeah, I just think they're they're completely kaput here. Uh, the Eagles don't look like the Eagles from last year. They, they don't look like they're having fun. They don't look like the underdog team. You don't see them running around with those stupid dog hats and masks on. But even realistically, they're not even <clears> done. <throat> I mean, they're two games out of the division, but Redskins are going to be in deep trouble, and they're going to fall out of this with uh, Colt McCoy being the quarterback. Well, I, I, you know what? I can't even say that. I, I can't even say that because Colt McCoy actually played decent football um, when he's picked up their starting position every now and then, and, and he hasn't been great. But he's been a good quarterback. And we remember Colt McCoy came in a couple of times last season when Kirk Cousins was down. And Colt McCoy lit the world on fire. So I can't sit there and say that Colt McCoy was bad. Um, he, he, he had a couple of games where he won. I mean, it, I, I, can't, I can't fault Colt McCoy. Um, they, <clears throat> they do have a decently favorable schedule. Um, and and um, I'm not counting the Redskins out here. I can't. I can't count the Redskins out just because Colt McCoy is the, the starting quarterback. So here's another thing. If the Giants win out and go 9-7, and seven, do they win the division? Will that do it? I don't think so. I think the Dallas Cowboys win that division. Even if Giants win out? Absolutely. I, I think the Dallas Cowboys will. Even if they, they tie, even if they go 9-7, and seven, I think that the Dallas Cowboys will own the tiebreaker. If I'm not mistaken, the, Giants, uh, the Dallas Cowboys already beat the Giants once this year. Didn't Let they? Let me check. Yes, they did. But if the Giants <coughs> win out, they would... Uh, be one and one, but right. We'll see. So I think that division again is going to be down to the wire. Grabs. Down to the wire, and uh, I think it's going to continue that trend. Of, well, Eagles still could. I mean, they're a game. <coughs> they could, but I, I don't think they will. Yeah, yeah. So that, that streak of uh, continuous uh, new teams in the division seems to be going to continue. Yep, and and we also got to see Ronald Darby go down with an ACL tear. Um, more hits to the Eagles, more injury problems. Um, if you're the Eagles, how badly does this kill you? And they're always spiraling, and this just uh, adds flame to a fire. Mm, yeah, I, I think the Eagles are done. I think their 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 season's over with. I think they're they're kaput here. Um, now, guys that are kaput. Well, well, first of all, we'll we'll, we'll go into this real quick. Guy, there's a, a the team right now. Speaking of injuries, carry on Johnson. Goes down with a knee injury. How badly does this hurt the Detroit Lions? Oh, it destroys into? them. I mean, the rest of the running backs are not on Johnson. No. Not even close. on Johnson is going to be a uh, elite back in this league. Eventually, and yes. Hurt, this hurts them. I mean, they're already pretty crippled as is, and they have a long way to go if they want to get in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And not having on Johnson hurts. And in a, in a week when missing Trubisky could have been, can can be a big win for the Lions. Yep. Not having carry on still going to hurt pretty bad. Let me tell you something about how I uh, and and I wanted to kind of touch base on the Lions a little bit here. The Lions are the type of team right now that kind of stuns me, and here's why: you go out and you have, you know, you you go three and three to start out the season, and then you crap the bed for three games in a row. Your season's basically done with. And what do the Lions do? Instead of losing games, instead of, <clears throat> you know, focusing in on the draft, instead of doing what they got to do to get the best player available, they go out and win this, who gives a crap, one-point game against the Carolina Panthers, as though, as though they have a shot at, at taking this division. Well, same could be said about the Oakland <clears throat> Raiders, who had a lock on the number one Number pick. one, now they don't. Yeah, now they don't. I, and, but, but it's just the fact, the fact that that, you know, I, I get it's the NFL, you want to compete, whatever. What do I care? Your season's done. 
I mean, the Lions' season is basically done at this point. All it takes is one loss, and they're done. Yeah, one loss puts them out. I'm, I mean, realistically, if, if there's a couple things that could happen, they'd be kind of tied in the yeah, mix of but, things. But, but what would I care if they went 8-8 eight and eight if I'm a Lions fan? What do I care if they go 8-8 eight and eight and wind up at number 17 in the draft? Yeah, it doesn't do you yeah, much good. Yeah, it doesn't do you much good. And and you're not about to go and get one of the, the – you've got in the top 10, you've got elite defensive linemen available. So so at that point, you know, and, and they're not going to be able to get – there are three big needs. They have four big needs, really. They need a defensive back. They need a defensive end. They need a linebacker. And they need a tight end. You're not going to get Noah Fant outside of the top 10. And you're not going to get uh, an elite defensive lineman out of the top 10. So, and you're not going to get, well, you're probably not going to get one of those linebackers. You're not going to get Sweat, right? You're not, you're not going to go get him. You're not going to go get Bosa. Not out of the top 10, no. Not out of the top 10. You're not, you're not going to get those guys. Sweat and Bosa are gone in the top 10. So, so what in the hell are you, you playing for at that point if you're the Detroit Lions? You're not playing for anything. And then they, they wonder why they're not getting elite performers. They're, they wonder why they're not getting the best players available. You're seeing the same thing out of the New York Giants right now. New York Giants are just winning meaningless games. Well, if there's a division where you can come back, it's theirs. Yeah, but, I mean, they're, they're out here winning meaningless games. I mean, let's face facts. I don't think the Giants are going to sweep any, anything. They have a tough. They have a tough schedule coming up here too. And the Bears come up too. Yeah, so. I mean they're they're basically done. So so the Giants are going to go out and and do what? I mean they and and if what they're risking right now is they're risking losing a grasp on Justin Herbert. That's what they're risking right now. They're they're risk they're risking losing Justin Herbert as the the number one draft pick and their new quarterback. I mean it's just crazy talk, and I keep seeing this stuff out of certain teams. At a certain point, about midway through the season, you got to realize, hey, my season's done. They're already out of the top five. Right. So you got to realize, hey, my season's done. They're, they're going to not get Justin Herbert. I mean, look at the look at the draft order here. I mean, really, you got the Niners, the Raiders. And the Niners don't need a quarterback, thankfully for them. The Raiders don't need it, but the Bucks sure need a quarterback, and they're going at number four. And the chances yeah, with, the, the, with the way that they've been going back and forth on the quarterbacks, I think they could go quarterback. Yeah, and Jameis had they have about twenty million dollars of reasons to blow Jameis Winston right out the door. Well, what I'm looking at more is uh, I think they'll probably stick with Winston, but I think the bigger red flag is if they pass the Jaguars. Yeah, oh yeah, the Jaguars, the Jaguars are, are just about over Bortles. Yeah, uh, well, I'm over Bortles, and I'm not even a Jaguars fan, and I'm over Blake Bortles. There's two quarterbacks that are worth anything in this in this draft, and it's Drew Locke and Justin Herbert. That's it. Justin Herbert being number one. If you're not taking Justin Herbert, you're going to go with Drew Locke. But you got to hope to God that one of them falls to you. And if you take Drew Locke too early, well, guess what? You're reaching on him. So, so the Giants are over here winning these meaningless games, and they're losing their opportunity to get a, an elite quarterback in, in the draft. Doesn't make any sense to me. It's senseless. Maybe that's just my opinion on the matter. Draft stuff right now, <clears throat> if, if, if I'm looking at the draft order, so number one right now, you got the San Francisco 49ers. They're probably going defense. Nick Chubb would be a good option there. Yep. And then uh, you got number two. Raiders. You got the Raiders. Raiders are, I mean, they, they could go quarterback. I think that they're going to go linebacker, but they could go quarterback. They need a pass rusher, man. Yeah, well, duh. And a deep receiver. Oh, Jesus. Well, maybe if they weren't trading all their parts <laughs> away, they wouldn't have this problem. But they could go after uh, Sweat there. 
You know? Yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're, they, I think drafting would be great, and then at week five you trade them, and then reset the process. <laughs> that sounds, that sounds about John Gruden like. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like the idea that you're you're winning games and losing your opportunities. I don't like it. Cardinals have have the number. Well, it's yeah, the Cardinals have the number three pick. I don't think they're going. I think they're they're gonna they're gonna stick it out. Well, Cardinals and Jets are gonna stick it out. The rookie quarterback. Yeah, I think I think they're seasons. gonna probably go offensive line um, for both of them because neither of them have protection. But the Giants they need a quarterback, and and they're they're sitting here at number five. But if they keep winning games, these meaningless games, and I'm I'm gonna say they're meaningless freaking games, then they are not going to wind up with the quarterback that they need or want. You know, um, Jags they need a quarterback. The Bucks need a quarterback. The Bills, they, I mean, I, to me, they need a quarterback, but I know they're going to gut it out, but they need a quarterback. The Browns, they don't need a quarterback. Yeah, they're fine. I, I, May, um, his name hasn't come up, but Mayfield's going is so far going to be fine. Oh, he's, he's the, he is the, the heart and soul of that team. And they, they need another corner. They need another receiver. They need to know another O line. Uh, I mean, the Browns are going to be in great shape these upcoming years. You watch the, the proper coaching. They're going to be in great shape, um, but you know here. Yeah, that, that corner there is making eat your words a little bit. Cause yeah, he's, he he's, is. Actually, he's having a better year than than uh oh crap, what's his name? Chubb. Yes, yes, he is. Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb. Yeah. Yep. I was thinking Nick Chubb. They, no. they have they have Nick yeah. Chubb. Um, but I, could, I remember how much how much crap we both gave them for for drafting a corner for drafting um Mayfield and. And the thing is, is I didn't think that Denzel Ward was going to be bad. It's just I don't think what the the, the Browns needed per se, and and they still need uh, uh they still need something. Uh, they they need another corner on the opposite side of him, but they also need some sort of uh, pressure. Oh, for sure. But I I think Bradley Chubb isn't performing at number four overall level. No. So kind of you know patting the back to the Browns, you made the right call. Yep. And and. You know, then here's the Lions sitting at number eleven. They need a defensive back. They need an edge rusher. They need a tight end. And they, they and sorry, fans, no, they don't need a quarterback. They don't need a quarterback. Oh well, I mean, to me, they need a quarterback. Matt Stafford has not performed up to snuff. He's been garbage. But they they also need a wide receiver at the end of the day. So I mean, there, there's, I mean, I see teams like the Lions over here going four and six, and they they're over here beating uh, the the Carolina Panthers for no reason at all. This draft stuff drives me crazy. Um, the Eagles, I mean, they they need. The Eagles need some work now, with with all the the stuff that's going on with their franchise. They need some work, and I'm going to wind up um, going down the line next week, and and I'm going to give you a little preview for for next show. I'm going to be going down the line, and I'm going to be with the current draft order. If I'm going to do it, if the season ended today, I will I will come up with um, uh, the draft picks where I think they'll be going if the season were to end after uh, week twelve here. So that'll be exciting. So I'll have that available for you, and uh, we'll go down the line and, and kind of give you that. Um, now, a couple of other things, uh, free agency-wise. Le'Veon Bell. He says in free agency he'll be seeking seventy-plus million dollars per year, seventeen-plus million dollars per year. Uh, players raided his locker at the end of the week um, when he didn't show up. He's mm-hmm. not going to play this entire season. Loses out on all of his pay. I, is he making a good statement? He's making a, a statement. <laughs> is it a smart statement? Um, 
So here's the thing. Um, this past, not this week, but last week, uh, Ravens came up as a potential landing spot. Mm-hmm. And I'm at the point to where I think, and you had touched on it, I think James Conner and how he's performing has exposed Bell. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying Bell's not a great running back because he is, but I think uh, um, what the Steelers are doing is showing that they have a team that develops good runners. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that Le'Veon Bell will play nearly as good anywhere. Yeah, I, outside I, of uh, Morgan Mac Whisperer and Chiefs, they don't need them. They are um, the Jets have emerged as the front runner here in the whole situation. I, I would buy that. I'd buy they it. Have the cap. Yeah, they have the cap space. I don't. I don't necessarily buy it because they don't need the running back. I don't think they need him. They got Isaiah Crowell over there. The hell do they need him for? I don't. I don't get. It. I don't think Isaiah Crowell's a monster. But if you get the guy the right offensive line, just like Le'Veon Bell, I mean, Crowell makes case for himself. So what do Crowell I care? Crowell had, had a good run in, in Cleveland. Right. So, I mean, I, I if I'm the New York Jets, I'm, I mean, they could be looking at him maybe. And, I mean, if they are, great. But, uh, you know, I, to me, they shouldn't pay for Le'Veon Bell. I, I don't buy it. There are a lot of other teams that will that'll pay more money. I don't think – I mean, to me, I don't think he's worth $17 million per year. But, hey, if, you, if other people do, I mean, wahoo for them. Um, I'll tell you guys that are worth uh, $17 million a year. Um, guys like Julio Jones, who just uh, passed Calvin Johnson's 10,000 yards, uh, fastest to 10,000 yards record there. The, the, the dude's um, um, is amazing. Uh, uh, Julio Jones has had, not counting the, well, he just passed it. So counting this year, mm-hmm. five straight seasons of uh, 1,000 yards or more. Yep. I mean, and the dude's an animal. I, and I think uh, as a from a per-game standpoint, he's on pace to break his uh, career high. Yeah. Well, well, no, he's just short of it. His career high is uh, eighteen hundred seventy-one yards. Wow. He's at eleven hundred now. He's he's making. He, a he'd have he'd have, a gr- he'd have to have, continue to have a great year to to get to that point. Mm-hmm. But he's on pace to break everything else. So, second best is fifteen ninety-three. Third best fourteen oh nine. Wow. And then a fourteen forty-four. Um, he's gonna he's gonna break those fourteens. I mean, he's on a tear. Yeah. Um, and now the last one that I wanted to talk about, the very last thing is this kicker stuff. Um, we, we just got done talking about knee-jerk reactions, right? Um, and <clears throat> Canton Zaro gets, uh, released this week by the Bucks after missing two field goals. Um, now we, we got to see it earlier this year. Dan Carlson gets released. We saw Nick Folk get released last year. We, we get, I mean... We, we've seen kickers just going out the door left and right after missed field goals, one bad game, and they're gone. Then we're seeing teams that are taking chances on their, their kickers and, and guys like Cody Parkey come out and he hits the post four times against Detroit and then comes back and is perfect against Minnesota. Um, you got to see the same thing um, uh, out of uh, Mason Crosby with, with Green Bay. Uh, do you think that the NFL teams are reacting too quickly at this point? Is, is, are these uh, kickers that are coming back and playing good ball, are they becoming um, – are, are, are the Packers and the, the Bears making a statement here? Yeah, I, I think they are, but I think at the same time, I think uh, teams are making knee-jerk reactions based on a lack of uh, – uh, what's the word I want um, – like a resume to fall back on, right? Um, with with Parky and uh, especially Crosby, um, it's like yeah, this isn't like Crosby. This isn't a standard for him. We're not going to cut him because Crosby's proven to be very very good for us, right? Um, someone like Dan Carlson, 
he misses was it three in one mm-hmm. game? It was three. Um, including extra points, so four total. Mm-hmm. Um, I he didn't have the resume to back himself up, so it was easy for them to say, you know what, you're on your own. Yeah, and and you're seeing that in the NFL a lot. I I don't I don't necessarily like that. However, and and I think it's I mean kudos to the Packers and kudos to the Bears, and you won't hear me say that often. Kudos to them for for putting these kickers on, seeing them have a rough game, and then bringing them back out there and having them go all right. Let's try this again. And then they go out there and they do do a good job. You know, they realize it was a rough day at the office and they give him another shot. And they, they perform well. They, they didn't give up on that kicker after that one bad, bad performance. And I feel like it's becoming a consistent theme in the NFL where kickers are getting, you know, the boot after one bad performance. Um, a guy could come out red hot and, and just tear the world up. And then, you know, a one bad game and poof, you're gone. And you know that this this topic reminds me of another point I wanted to make when we were talking about Lamar earlier on mm-hmm. my rant. Um, so I'm going to give him kudos on one big play he did just before halftime. There's like twenty, like thirty seconds to go. He scrambled out of a sack and threw like a thirty yard pass and got um, to the opponent's uh, like forty yard line. Mm-hmm. And Tucker ended up picking a fifty six yard field goal. Yeah. Um. Yeah, kudos to him and that, but Tucker also kicked a 54-yard field goal in the same game. Mm-hmm. So, I, in a way, um, you don't expect multi-50-plus-yard field goals from your kicker every game. I think uh, Tucker kind of bailed Lamar out from what could have been a loss if Tucker wasn't Tucker. Yeah. I believe if the Ravens had, say, Carlson. Yeah. Uh, well, just an accurate. Like, even, even making all your field goals. You're not the Ravens wouldn't have sent someone like Carlson out for a 50 plus yarder. Um, well, at halftime, yes, yeah, sure, go for it. Zeros doesn't yeah. matter, but would he have made it? Probably not. Um, I think, uh, and and that's been a history with the Ravens too, but I, I, I think um, Lamar's getting more credit just because uh, he has a kicker that kind of bailed him out. I mean, you don't have that kicker getting those six points, you lost that game, right? And and what I'm, I guess, my big thing about the kickers is they're they're going. You know, I feel like a kicker could go 16 game or 15 games of, of perfection, and then they get out there for in week 17, and they go 0 for 4, and then suddenly their job's on the line. You know, and I, um, I, I think I think that's um, looking at the extreme side. I don't, I don't think any of that has happened. I, it hasn't happened yet, but I feel like it could, and that's the it, that's it the could. problem. And, and, and back to my that affects my point. I think uh, kickers who have that good resume of saying, "Hey, I've been a great kicker," that's not going to happen to you. But if you either have a history of having misses or you don't have a history at all. Having a bad outing could be the be your end. Right, and, and that's a problem that I that I have in the NFL. Um, but, uh, Tyler, it's that time for our uh, weekly predictions uh, to round out our show here. Um, we, we've got a uh, hell of a, a fun week, a, a good week for Thanksgiving football. I'm, I'm excited. Um, we've got uh, three games. I remember back in the day, it used to be two games on Thanksgiving. It was always the Lions and the Cowboys. Yeah, oh, yeah it was always the Lions and, and the Cowboys. They added the third one. They added the, the Thursday night game. I think it's the fifth or sixth straight year we've yeah. had three. Three games for, I, I remember back in the day, it was always Lions versus somebody, and it usually was Lions, Bears, or Lions and Packers. And then every now and then they would take on the, uh, like a random team like the Vikings or, or the Texans, you know, but last year they took on the Vikings. I remember the one year they took on the, the Texans. That's where Dominican Sue Ninja kicked Matt Schaub in the balls. Um, we got to see all that kind of nonsense. And, and in the third game, they typically try to predict a uh, 
game of the week type matchup. All right. Which and this still <clears throat> could be, but the Falcons are kind of working their way back up. Right. So um, starting off with our very first Thanksgiving game, 12.30 p.m. right here in Detroit. we got the Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears. Um, this is tough having to predict what's going to happen with that injury. It, it, yeah, and that's the thing. We don't know what's going on with the injury. I'm still going Bears in this situation. I'm going Lions. Wow, that's nutsy. Um, well, I got I to gotta baby you a little bit. Not to have an 11 point lead? Yeah. I've, I've taken a little too many, a few too many risks here. I, I know I have. I think he's in favor. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, the second Thanksgiving game, we're talking Redskins Cowboys. I'm going to be watching football all day. Um, without. Alex Smith there, I'm taking Cowboys. I'm going Cowboys too. I, I think the Cowboys, uh, I think Zeke's going to have himself a hell of a game. Um, it all really depends for the Redskins on, on what Colt McCoy can do. And it also is going to depend on, on uh, whether or not AP can get that run game going. Um, Thursday Night Football, Falcons, Saints. I'm going Saints. Uh, Saints all day. Yeah, you got to go Saints. I, I don't think you're betting on the Saints at all for the rest of the year. Um, yeah, I'm going Saints here. Um, and then we get to the Sunday games. Uh, Sunday at 1 o'clock p.m., you got the Giants and the Eagles. Um, you know what? I, I In this situation, I'm going with Giants. the Giants. I'm going with the Giants to go over the Eagles. I never thought I'd say that this season, but I'm going with the Giants. Um, next up, you got Jags and Bills. Actually, it's kind of a toilet bowl game, but it's kind of a tough one. I'm going with Bills. Me too. You're gonna, this I'm is going, weird. It's weird. It's this a is weird. Game. If Barkley starts, I think he's gonna win. Yeah, I'm going Bills. I, I I think the Bills have this weird hot hand right now, and I, I think the, the Jags are just in up shit's creek without a paddle. Um next up Seahawks and Panthers. This will be a good one. Um, I'm going Seahawks. Panthers. I'm going Seahawks and the reason I think I'm, Panthers get off their uh their rough stretch here. Uh, you know, it's been a rough stretch for them, but I'm I'm going Seahawks. I think the Seahawks are, are better than the Lions. And I watched the Lions just romp on the Panthers. I'm going Seahawks on that one. Um, next up. Who do you favor here? I'm going to change my pick for, uh, I'm going to take Jacksonville. Oh, you're, you, you, that's probably not doing me a favor. You're probably going to win. <laughs> but, uh, okay, we're going to go with the Jags. All right. Um, for uh, the next one, it's the Raven, Ravens and Raiders. I'm going with the Ravens on this one. Um, the, the way the Raiders have been, I'm going to take the Ravens. Um, no matter who the quarterback is. Yeah. In this yeah, case. I think uh, even if Lamar plays, he'll do just enough to get the job done. Yeah, I don't think the Raiders have enough defense to get no, the job No, I think done. the Bengals have a better defense. So if, if it's yeah. Lamar, I expect like a 150 yard game yeah. from Lamar yeah. with 121 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we're, we're going Ravens on this one. Um, next up, here's kind of another toilet bowl game the Niners and the Bucks. Um, weirdly enough, I am going to go with the Bucks in this one. I'm going to go... It's a little bit of a tough one, because neither of them are, are playing well. Yeah. I'm um, going Bucks. I, I think whether it's Jameis or whether it's... Yeah, I'm going Bucks too. Whether it's Most Jameis or home factor. Yeah, whether it's Jameis or whether it's Fitzy, I think that the, the, uh, the quarterback that gets the start is going to be fine in this game. Uh, the Browns and the Bengals. Um, Bengals lose a prediction. The quarterback we find this week, but whoever it is, the following week will have a shit show and we'll get benched. Probably. Um, Browns and Bengals. Uh, this one's actually a little tough because the Bengals have lost two straight, uh, including the, the pounding by the Saints. Uh, the Browns come off a big win. I'm going Browns. I'm, I'm going to go with more my... I'm not going with my gut. I'm going with what I hope happens. I'm going with the Browns. Uh, I'm, I'm going with the Browns. I think that they're, they're starting to come alive with this new head coach change. Um, here comes one of our beatings of the week. We're going to go Patriots and Jets. I'm going Pats in this one. 
You almost have to. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a no-brainer. And here's another beating of the week. The, the Chargers and the Cardinals. Um, I'm going Chargers on this one. Oh, yeah. Chargers mm-hmm. easily. Easily. Um, 425 on Sunday, you got the Steelers and the Broncos. I'm going Steelers. I am too. I hope the Broncos can keep their hot streak going, but I'm not going to bet on it. No, I wouldn't bet on it. I mean, they only won by a point last week. I, I think you're going to see uh, the Steelers walk on the Broncos. Um, next up, you got the Colts and the Dolphins. Ryan Tannehill coming back. I don't think it's going to be enough on Colts on this one. Now, this one is going to be kind of your game of the week, I think. Mm-hmm. It's going to be one of your games of the week. I disagree. Packers and Vikings. I think the Vikings do this one. Really? Um... I've, I've been burned like three times by the Vikings this year already, um, but I'm going to go with no, the Vikings. you've been burned four and a half times. Yeah, four and a half, really, technically it's been four and a half times. Um, I'm going Vikings. And the half came from this exact team? Yes. I hope it's a tie. Okay. I hope it's a tie. God, I hope not. Um, I'm going Vikings on this one. I, I think that they're, they're going to come out pissed off and hot after that, that last uh, loss. And last but not least, the Monday Night Football game, you got the Titans and the Texans. Um, Texans aren't dropping their streak anytime soon. No, they're going to beat the Titans. Yeah, I'm going Texans. And uh, with that, oh, quick little fun fact: this week, this past week in Week 11's buys, mm-hmm. I've never seen this before. Maybe, maybe it's happened. I'm just um, blind to it. But uh, all four AFC East teams are going to buy this week. That's all weird. Four of them. It's, it's, it's out. It's weird. Is it? Are all four of them buy? Last week. Oh, last week. Like New England, the Jets. With Miami and Bills were all on a bye. Wow, I never, I didn't ever notice that. So they, they've been pointed out, but I, I can't, I don't know if they said it was the first time that it happened, but it's strange. The whole division on buys is weird. That's strange. Yeah, kind of cool. It's cool, strange but cool. Um, and with that, Tyler, that's our show, man. Um, episode twenty. Woo! Here's the twenty more. Yeah, I know, right? Maybe. Well, maybe. Come on. <laughs> Come on now. We got we got a lot of stuff to do. Um, and we will be moving our, our studio from uh, Cassidy Shanto over to um, Cassidy Ryan. So uh, we'll be moving the, the, the studio um, for the next uh, X amount of time. Um, so for episode 21, we'll have a good time. Hope you're excited. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we will be moving that over. So um, gives me an excuse to see the baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gee, thanks. Um, we'll be yeah. Tyler, Tyler and his baby fever. He gets to to practice on mine. Um, but with that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that is our show. Thank you so much for listening to the Outside Blitz. Um, quick shout out to our sponsor over at It's Your Time Massage. Check out It's Your Time Massage at iytmassage.com. Uh, you can find her on Amanda on Facebook at Your Time Massage. You can book online. You can call and book. Uh, she is absolutely tremendous and will make you be, feel absolutely wonderful. Um, so check it out at iytmassage.com. Tyler needs to get a massage. That's what you need. I already got one. You need to get a you need to get a, a, a massage, Tyler. You need to loosen up. You're you're cranky. Um, and uh, yeah, we're gonna we're rolling on out of here, man. So uh, happy Thanksgiving to all, all the listeners out there, to the folks that uh, do listen to us. Hope you all have a wonderful turkey day. Spend time with your family. Really enjoy it. Enjoy some football. And uh, we will see you next week right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz. And be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz. And feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com. 